Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Jess Perkins, and as always, I'm here with Matt Stewart. Hello, Matt. Hey, Jess. How's it going? So good to be here. And quick question for you. How good is it to be alive? Personally, I wish I was ever born. Oh, my um, God. We are not joined by our good friend Dave Warnicky. Yes. Yet, yet again, he is yet not again. shown. We <laughs> do not know where he is. Yeah. Um, and we do not wish to know. I say yet again. These episodes are coming out in a funny order, maybe... Has he been here recently? He's probably been back. He was probably here last week. <laughs> I can't um, remember. Yeah, who knows? I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm in charge of the schedule. Don't care. Anyway, um, this one is because we're pushing this episode right up the order. It's coming in hot off the presses. That's basically right. going out live. Yeah, this is basically live. If you were to run down to Stupid Old Studios right now when you're listening, we're here. Yeah, mm. give us a wave. <laughs> We're not in a room with a window, but we'll know. But we'll know you're waving. We'll know. Anyway, we are very excited to be joined by uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, and and you may know him from the world of podcasting. Uh, his name is Alexander Jones, a.k.a. AJ from Cult Popture. AJ, welcome to Do Go On. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to uh, read you a report. Yes. I hope it's fun. We're excited excited. for that too because it means we haven't written a report. Mm. Um, And also, like, you're doing all of the work with this one because you're doing the report, but also people might know um, or might have heard that sometimes we refer to an AJ on the podcast. Mm. That's you. You're our editor as well. Yes, yes. I have achieved uh, every podcast editor's dream of (laughs) guesting on the podcast (laughs) that he edits. I have turned the parasocial relationship into a real friendship, and if I can do it listeners you can do it too 
Let's not give anyone any crazy ideas. You, you too can do hours of paid work and eventually climb up the ladder to then do free work uh, and guest on the podcast. It's exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is. There'll be people out there who'll know you from your viral TikTok videos where you uh, do mm. all the generations. Like, yes. Um, how do the generations uh, would respond to a, a, a gay character being introduced on a yeah. sitcom? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Um, ooh, I'm, am I the millennial? Oh, okay. You, you, should, you should make your own, Matt. You're so good at it. No, no, that's, I think that, was, that might have been Gen X. Mm, okay. Oh. A little side eye. Yeah, yeah, You did yeah, great yeah. side eye for Gen X. Thanks so much. Yes, I, I got, Um, I like to say I'm mildly TikTok famous. Yeah. Though these days it feels more like uh, I used to be mildly TikTok famous. <laughs> I think TikTok fame is fleeting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. uh, that's the beautiful lesson for us all to learn. <laughs> so, AJ, you've been editing this show for what? Maybe a year? Maybe yeah, six maybe, months? Think, maybe three weeks? Who knows? I think, I think my first episode I edited was The Matrix with Alexi and Cam. Wow. Um, yeah, so that, that was could have been a year ago when yeah. we are in Sydney. Mm, mm. Now, so you've, you've listened to this a lot. You'll mm, know yeah. and you'll be able to explain to us how this show works. Yes. Of course I could do that. What an honour. Um, so this is a, a show where the three of us, the, well, the two of you, and usually Dave, uh, go away and come up with a report and then read it uh, back to the class Uh with, uh, as you say, Matt, dog shit riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see. I'm in a tricky position here. Where like, I, I don't think you'll have had a more uh, intimately familiar with the show guest before, right? And I don't want to come off as like I know all the in jokes. So yeah. like, I, I like limited myself to inside <laughs> jokes writing this report because I didn't want to. I didn't want to come off as a fan, which I am. <laughs> but I also want to be like, yeah, I'm also a big podcaster as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, mm. I mean, I yeah, I we've had we've had friends come on the podcast who have listened to Do Go On, and you know they kind of know mm. some of the in jokes and stuff. But you you're paid to listen to Do Go On. Um, I know it, what gets cut out. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, know. you you're intimate with the dog shit riffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the shittest of the dog shit the riffs, or as shit. you say, dog shit roughs, which I like. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just your accent, but I love uh, it. Yes. The, Probably the best when, accent in the world. Whenever Australians make fun of the New Zealand accent, I never hear it. And I'm not precious. I'm not like, don't make fun of me. But mm. I ne- like like the fush and chups thing. Yeah. Like if, if I can say fush and chups, then clearly I'm not saying fish and chips when yeah. I say it. <laughs> yeah, it confuses right. me. It confuses me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's broken my brain a little bit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You've got a very international accent, though, AJ. Yes, oh, thank, you. thank you so much. I it's think so that's good just... to have a Kiwi on because we we have we have a few Kiwi listeners, and they have been mm. wanting us to come over and do a show, which I'm so keen to do. Mm. But mm. this feels like this is our first solid step across the Dutch to New Zealand. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad to be the the uh, the midway point between. <laughs> You over there and coming over here. Yeah, you're our gateway. And look, mm. you know, because you have edited so many of these, that we usually mm. start with a question. Yes, I have a question. And right. I wanted to make my mark on the show, so I thought I would try break the record for the longest question ever <laughs> oh! asked in Do Go On History. He's going to start I- the report and then we have to guess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a 5,000-word it's a question. Um, <laughs> 
No, and and I did this one to be funny, but also because I am gunning for the uh, shiny golden Gary for best guest um, oh. award. I'm Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio in the Revenant. I'm getting eaten by a bear to try and uh, get that get that uh, award. So okay. here we go. This is my question: Which feminist icon has had over two hundred careers, including? Actor, artist, ballerina, cake baker, chef, circus performer, dancer, fashion designer, fashion editor, fashion model, fashion trend forecaster, film director, film producer, floral designer, game show host, interior designer, makeup artist, musician, music producer, news anchor, photographer, photojournalist, rapper, singer, stylist, a TV uh, news camerawoman, an Avon representative. Please don't guess. Please don't guess till please don't guess till I've finished. We've already done Oprah, AJ. <laughs> We've already done Dolly Parton, AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rapper, singer, stylist, TV news camerawoman, Avon representative, babysitter, bake shop worker, beach snack stand worker, business executive, cafe worker, candy or ice cream parlour worker, cashier for McDonald's and Pizza Hut, uh, chief sustainability officer, crepe shop worker, dog daycarer, entrepreneur, farmer, food truck operator, Mary Kay consultant, noodle bar worker, pet boutique owner, Security, waitress, art teacher, ballet teacher, cooking teacher, English language teacher, music teacher, uh, science teacher, sign language teacher, student teacher, animal rescuer, dentist, doctor, nurse, paramedic, pediatrician, surgeon, veterinarian, paratrooper, US Air Force pilot, a Marine Corps sergeant, a Navy petty officer, a UNICEF brand ambassador, the president, the vice president, Canadian Mountie, detective, firefighter, Judge, lifeguard, cop, astronaut, chemist, game developer, microbiologist, renewable energy engineer, NASCAR driver, beekeeper, cat burglar, cowgirl, magician, zookeeper, superhero, and tooth fairy. Question mark. Thank you so much. I have no idea. Completely stumped. (laughs) That's a lot of jobs. That's too many jobs, I would Mm. argue. Some of them also feel... um, uh, oh, just so deeply entrenched in capitalism. Yeah. Um, Avon lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diametrically opposed uh, careers ideology, <laughs> like um, UNICEF brand ambassador coming right after Navy petty officer. Yeah, interesting stuff. The way you said them so fast, it was hard to know if mm. some of them were merged jobs as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And some of them are. race driver. <laughs> <laughs> that- oh, wow. Okay. She busy. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a stab. Mm. Um, mostly because of of all the buzz that's happening at the moment yes. in the world. Uh, the bees. The bees. Is mm. it Barbie? It is indeed oh. Barbie. I yes. have somewhat become a Barbie expert uh, in the last few years, uh, not on purpose, but on uh, my my podcast, Cult Popsher. Um, a couple years ago, we covered the, at the time, uh, 37 uh, Barbie films. Um, it took us. The episode is eighteen hours long. What? Um, <laughs> Thirty-seven Barbie films. There are, well, there's forty-two now. We've recently caught up uh, for for the for the new movie. Um, we usually. But, but, but this is this is not the first Barbie movie. No, the big hit. No, not this at is, all. It's the forty-third wow. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Is it a reboot? Uh, no, no, and it has nothing to do with the other movies. Either. Okay. Um, yeah, we usually cover film franchises on Cold Popture, so we've done uh, everything from Godzilla to Godfather to God's Not Dead. That's our brand new uh, tagline. <laughs> um, and yeah, there were 37 Barbie movies, so we recorded it. Um, 
fans of both our shows might remember that Jess, you and Dave guested on our 28-hour Scooby-Doo episode uh, mm. at the start of this year because there's 40, 47 Scooby-Doo movies. Um, yeah. Not all our episodes are that long, but those two are. <laughs> so Yeah, and you did make us watch all 47 Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies, which like was just a bit of a piss take. Yeah, no. But you know what? To your credit... You did it, and that's the that's the great um, number eight wire ingenuity that both our lovely nations share. AJ, <laughs> I, I I think I can come clean now. I wasn't actually sick. No, I'm just not watching that many movies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, what are your guys' experiences with Barbie? Have you seen the new movie? Did you play with the dolls growing up? Yes and yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one know from me. Haven't no. seen the movie yet? I'm keen to see it. Mm. I just haven't had the chance. Mm. But um, I did give my sister, I think it was a Barbie present uh, for Christmas when when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, it's so weird. And I didn't, I don't, don't know why. It didn't seem weird to me at the time. It just seemed cool. <laughs> Not cool, but interesting. But anyway, it was like... A pregnant Barbie, mm. and the the stomach could pop off, yeah. and there was a baby there, and Mitch. then the little her name stomach is would Midge. come out. Her yep. name is Midge, and she will come up. Yeah, she will okay. come up, and she features in the film. Exactly. Oh, she? Yes. Everyone, everyone, I'm like, because I was eight, giving my five year old sister or something this, <laughs> this pregnant, pr- pregnant Barbie, and at the time, I'm like, isn't that cool? It's like a, mm. yeah. a functional Barbie. Normally, they don't do anything. Yep. And I was like, that's real weird. <laughs> Au contraire, they do a lot. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. sorry. You have just mentioned that they do quite a few things. It is so funny that you mentioned Midge, though, specifically, because she is she is a running joke throughout oh, right. the Barbie film. Oh. So you'll love that. That's yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I will be discussing the, the new film, but uh, kept away from spoilers in case people such as Matt haven't seen it. Uh, but, yeah, what about J- Jess? Did you have a Barbie doll growing up? I had heaps of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also on my mum's side of the family, right, there's 12 grandkids, but only two of us are girls, mm. and there's a lot of aunties. So they loved buying us like yeah, sure. Barbies and, and, and fun toys. Nice. Um, I had heaps of them. I loved Barbies, and I have seen the movie, and I loved it. And I went with a friend of the show, Michelle Brazier. It was for her birthday. We went in a big group of friends, mm-hmm. um, all of us in our you know mid-30s, mm-hmm. and we got to the cinema, all dressed in pink, of course, mm-hmm. and the cinema, the foyer, filled with... 13-year-olds. Yeah, um, nice. And I I'm not good at judging the age of kids. They could have been younger, but mm. there was a, several birthday parties happening, but mostly for tweens. Mm. And then there was us, mm. a bunch of mid-30s in the back of the cinema with glasses of wine yeah, ready to yeah, watch nice. Barbie. And but it was an interesting experience. Is this the nice. kind of film that kids would like? I mean, yeah. 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 But they would, yeah. yeah. But it also it one felt for like, everyone, is I it? I think so, yes, mm. yeah. It definitely felt like some a lot of the jokes were for us. Mm. Right. It was one point. That's ju- what you were telling each other. Yes. This we're is for us. Swirling your They're in the wrong, we said. <laughs> nice. I, I went and saw it at a preview screening girls' night that uh, Hoyt's, the local yes. Hoyt Cinema, was putting on. Uh, I was stoned out of my mind um, <laughs> and went into a massive crowd of women dressed in pink. Uh, by the time we got to the cinema, there were so many people that they had to pause one of the trailers, well, like one of the, like, turn your cell phone off 
previews that plays before the movie and they paused it for about 30 minutes to let every to get everyone into the Whoa. cinema by the end of which i was significantly less stoned than when i had walked into the cinema so that's so uh, funny they're <laughs> not used to sold out shows at hoyts no like is, is that a such a rare like, thing that oh. a cinema sells out <laughs> do they don't know what to do, what do, it, we was, do? it was packed though to be fair um and wow. that's what a sold out show is aj yeah yeah that's true that would happen at cinemas all the time it feels like you're blaming me. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, speaking of the cinematic experience, I did briefly consider trying to make this a uh, Barbenheimer report and do like <laughs> parallel it with the Oppenheimer story. But despite what the internet's telling you, uh, there are no obvious parallels between <laughs> the most successful fashion doll in the world and the man who am become death destroyer of worlds. <laughs> but they, there's never been two movies that are different from each other released on the same day. So that's why it was significant. <laughs> you're not gonna, you're not gonna participate in the the Saw Patrol, like Paw Patrol Saw Ten. See that one, that works better, I guess, as a <laughs> like the, as a wordplay or whatever. Yeah, that's true. yeah, it does. That's true. But so- no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I'm keen. Whereas I'm, I'm up for seeing Oppenheimer and Barbie. I don't think I'm. Super keen on either of mm. Saw or Snow Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol, but yes. Or Paw Patrol. Snow Patrol. Sorry, a little, little drive-by at the old Scottish band Snow Patrol there. Not keen on them either. Not into it. Well, uh, before Barbie the doll, the character, came along, the doll industry uh, mainly focused on baby dolls. So little girls would pretend to be mothers uh, because it was the 50s and it was important to tell young girls that they have options like, do you want a girl or a boy? Which you can't can't actually choose in real life anyway. (laughs) But in 1956, Ruth Handler, the co-founder of Mattel, uh, the toy company, was travelling Europe with her two children, Barbara and mm-hmm. Kenneth. That's right. They're siblings in what? real life. <laughs> Whoa. That's a big twist. That's Star Wars level sort of yeah. sibling twist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and in Germany, she stumbled across something called Build Lily, B-I-L-D-L-I-L-L-I, uh, which was not a kid's toy, but in fact a doll based off a fictional sex worker who had appeared in the German comic strip uh, newspaper tabloid Build since 1955, uh, Vox describes the character of Lily or Build Lily as a seductive and cheeky gold digger, uh, sweet-talking <laughs> wealthy men into buying her expensive gifts. Um, after becoming a runaway success in the comic strip, Lily dolls were manufactured and sold to men who'd hang them from their rearview mirrors or display in their office or whatever creepy men in the 50s did with uh, sexy That's dolls. so interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That she's, she's the, a gold digger. Sex worker, and they're like, gonna pop that in the office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I understand what's going on. I love this character. Mm. Yeah, Mm. I think it's fantastic. But yeah, what a what a funny thing Mm. that uh, Barbie began as a. A toy for an object of men's lust, yeah. Um, So Ruth Handler had already been on the lookout for something like this after she'd noticed that her daughter, Barbara, uh, would often assign different jobs to her collection of baby dolls. And she said to her husband and fellow co-founder of Mattel, Elliot Handler, that this could be a gap in the market, that perhaps little girls would appreciate the opportunity to play with dolls that weren't babies. And Elliot was, quote, unenthusiastic about the idea. 
A husband in the 50s? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so funny how many times an idea that's gone huge, Mm. the first people were like, "Mm, Mm. I don't see it. (laughs) Yeah. There's no market for this, like mobile phones and stuff. No, it's a funny little gimmick, but (laughs) it'll never catch on. Um, He presumably became more enthusiastic, however, when uh, Ruth bought a few Lily dolls back from Germany. Uh, And as is the case with a lot of great American innovators, Ruth flagrantly stole the Lily concept (laughs) and redesigned the character into an early version of Barbie, naming the doll after her daughter. Um, The first Barbie dolls went on sale on March 9th, 1959, which is canonically Barbie's birthday. Uh, And in 1961, Mattel was sued by Build Lily's rights holder, uh, Lewis and Mark's company, claiming that Mattel had infringed on the patent for Build Lily's hip joint, and also that Barbie was a direct takeoff and copy of Build Lily, while also arguing that Mattel had falsely and misleadingly represented itself as having the original design. Uh, Mattel counterclaimed and the case was settled out of court in 1963 and in 1964 Mattel bought the original copyright and patent rights for the Build Lily doll for $21,600 so as is the case for a lot of great American innovators they bought them out yes (laughs) whoa and that would have been back then in the early 60s that would have been a lot of cash oh yeah 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 wow do you think uh the, the right amount of cash to sell Barbie Mm. You happy with twenty two grand now? <laughs> You're looking at me so blank, like fuck you. Why the fuck are you picking me up on this? I'm just saying that's a lot of money. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm just thinking for that company. They got sell. ripped off. Yeah, but they probably didn't even realize how big. Nah, Barbie was pretty big very quickly, mm. right? Yes, that's true. So yep. they probably knew. But, and I guess but maybe it was just like it's a losing. We've lost. They're also like, come on, we came up with a sex doll. Mm. That's too small to have sex with. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. Hey, no, don't yeah. speak for every man out there. You don't know, Matt, you know. <laughs> um, it's not all bad for Build Lily because nowadays a good condition uh, Lily doll is an exceptionally rare collector's item and you can find one in the Coburg Doll Museum where she is credited as the grandmother of Barbie. So oh. there you go. That's sick. Is that canonical? Uh, no, <laughs> canonical to real life, maybe not to the, the um, actual Barbie Would have loved that to be worked into the movie. Mm. No, true, yeah. Like they mentioned Barbie's like a grandma. German sex worker. <laughs> grandma. Grandma, that'd be awesome. Um, as for the Barbie doll, though, how did she begin? What was her first outfit? I know these are all the questions you'll be asking. Uh, the first Barbie doll was marketed as a teenage fashion model and featured Barbie in an iconic black and white zebra-striped swimsuit you see this outfit in the margot robbie uh movie it's the when you when the 2001 a space odyssey parody it's also the teaser trailer she's wearing the first ever Mm. barbie outfit uh, and that um and also much like how barbie is represented in in the film there was always variety as the first version of barbie came as a blonde or a brunette (gasps) both kinds both kinds wow (laughs) 
<laughs> the redheads mm. on the scrap heap again. Uh, you'll, you'll have your, your your day in the sun with Barbie, though. Don't worry. Yeah, but do it. We don't. We, yeah. <laughs> That's not what we want, AJ. <laughs> um, she was also looking to the side instead of front ways, like with modern Barbies. Uh, but even in the 1960s, Barbie had boobs, or at least a distinct bust, uh, which would go on to infuriate uh, parents uh, over the years. Uh, but Ruth Handler was adamant that the character needed to be portrayed as an adult or a teenager. And it looks like she was right because Barbie sold over $350,000 in her first year alone and would go on to sell over a billion units in the following decades. Whoa. A billion dolls have a been billion. sold. A billion. Fuck. That's crazy. And they, they're all biodegradable, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So it's, it's actually doing the earth a lot of good. Yeah. Most of them are... <laughs> Working as fertilizer right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can't Barbie do? <laughs> she can do anything, including <laughs> biodegrade. <laughs> uh, Barbie dolls outnumber people in the United States. A doll is purchased every two minutes on average, and Mattel estimates that there are well over 100,000 avid Barbie collectors, uh, with 62-year-old German collector Bettina Dorfman holding the Guinness World Record for largest Barbie collection, a record she set in in 2005, with only 2,500 dolls, uh, she has since expanded to what is now estimated to be as many as 18,500 Barbie dolls. Oh my god! I hope she's got a big house. I think I think her Barbies have a big house, and she <laughs> sleeps in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a little closer to home, uh, retired paramedic Patsy Carlyle owns New Zealand's largest Barbie collection, boasting a measly sixteen hundred uh, was uh, yeah sixteen hundred Barbies, along with thirty uh, three hundred loose Barbies or freed Barbies, as she calls them, which are Barbies <laughs> not in their boxes. Oh my god! Um, she lives in with her husband in a nineteen oh three pink villa in Helensville, known as the Pink Palace. Uh, but the dolls, awesome. the dolls are currently on display in the Wellington Museum. So wow. there Has go. pink always... Because everyone wore pink, or a lot of people seem to wear pink to the Barbie um, movie. Has pink always been a colour associated with Barbie? Yeah, I guess it's interesting, isn't it? Because her first outfit was black and white. So yeah. I, I guess I guess pink must have come in very, very shortly after that one uh, because it is definitely... Maybe the box was pink because pink is definitely inarguably the, the main uh, colour of Barbie. And... Um, mm. What I can do, though, and this is something we did when we had guests on our Barbie episode over at Cole Popsha, is, uh, Jess, can you tell me what year you were born, if you don't mind? 1990. 1990. I can tell you the Barbie that came out the year you were born. Uh, yes. And you have quite a big deal. You have the 1990 version of the Barbie Dream House, which uh, is, of course, uh, the main accessory that would accompany Barbie. Um, the 1991 looks pretty cool. It's a little mansion kind of thing. Um the it wasn't the original uh, dream house though the according to house and garden the first dream house was released in 1962 uh, before american women were even allowed to open bank accounts in their name <laughs> now uh, matt when it comes to you i know that you were born before the uh, invention of plastic um, yes. and let alone it makes Barbies. it tricky but I can. I guess my closest one is the sex worker <laughs> in Germany. I can tell you the Barbie that came out in 1966, uh, your favorite year. Oh, fantastic. Uh, which was the Color Magic Barbie, which featured yellow hair and an equally vibrant outfit. 
Isn't oh, that- the Carl Dittrich model, <laughs> I imagine, who was famously reported and suspended for the grand final. Mm. The blonde bombshell himself, but... Um, there you go. Yeah, he'll always be associated with the 66 Premiership of the St. Kilda Football Club, even though we didn't play in the game. Mm. Hey, you know you how you said your accent uh, isn't different? Mm. This is something that has, trips me up all the time. Kiwis say woman when they are meaning women. So you're <laughs> plural. You, you just said then mm. many women do that or something like that. Don't say I said that. That sounds like I'm, I'm generalising all women. Many women do this. Say <laughs> so now, were you saying women or woman then? I don't know. I've lost track now. It's <laughs> it's all just one word over here. So. <laughs> There's one woman and it's Jacinta Ardern. Yeah, exactly. So that's what the plural of... <laughs> Woman is woman. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's only one. How, do you have any more women? How do you say What about it? the women? Women. I mean, I'm not saying I say it right. Right. I'm just saying you say women like I say woman. Okay, here we go. Ready? Okay. A single woman, many women. Yeah. Does that yeah. sound different? That, no. Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Does that appease you? <laughs> Can Might I move be my on ears now? That's another problem. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, for those interested, the 1993 Barbie, which is the year I was born, is Native American Barbie, which is uh, pretty cool, I guess. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so uh, Barbie does not just stop at dolls, however, with the character and her friends having appeared in numerous books, video games, and TV shows, uh, and, of course, a very famous 1997 pop song by the Danish dance pop group Aqua. Uh, Mm. Would you say Aqua or Aqua? Aqua. Aqua. Okay, good. Uh, I was worried I'd get another <laughs> pulled up Sorry, again from I'm, my accent. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not having a go at all as well. You say make fun. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. cultural differences, but I also think you've got the best accent in the world, the New Zealand accent. I love it. Thank you so much. Very much. But I also, I'm a big fan of Barbie, the song, and uh, mm. Dr. Jones. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And Aqua in general. Yeah. Yeah, or well, the- those two aqua songs that yeah. I, I can recall. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a ballad as well. Mm. Well, Surely. did you know that uh, six months after the release of the song Barbie Girl by Aqua, uh, Mattel sued them? <laughs> so that now, seems fun. Nowadays, yeah. I feel like people associate it as almost like a piece of like brand ambassador, mm-hmm. you know, like it's tied in, but it, it wasn't. And uh, Mattel argued that the song infringed on Barbie's copyright and um, trademarks and that the song's lyrics had ruined the reputation of Barbie in which the song's lyrics kind of like make her sound like a, a bimbo, for lack of a better, a better term, something which... I don't think is inherently a bad thing, but uh, Mattel in the 1990s thought it was a bad thing. The two parties fought in court for a number of years before it was ruled that the song constituted parody. Uh, and both parties dropped their lawsuits against each other. And despite this, while the Mattel-sanctioned 2023 uh, live-action film does not feature the original song, there is a cover-slash-remake of the song by Nicki Minaj, Ice Spice, and Aqua themselves uh, included on the film's soundtrack. Ah, because I, I had heard that they weren't in there, which is, seemed like a weird decision. I didn't realise Aqua were involved in the mm. the remake. Yeah, so there you which, go. I've heard people say is no good, but, you know. The song. It's always hard to cover a classic. Yeah, mm. exactly right. Exactly. Big shoes to fill. Exactly. And, yeah, um, I was going to make a Barbie shoes joke, but 
As like I know that. Well, no, because I know Barbie wears shoes. Well, you can edit out this bit and just do a do, do a really good joke. I don't Take think, your time. I don't think it's there. I don't think it's whenever, there. Whenever you're ready, you can do it. They're not. They're not all. Just chop they're out not all, all this winners. Bit and then put in put in your really good joke about Barbie shoes. <laughs> Uh, if I think of it later, I will um, put it. I'll do it. I'll do. I'll do it here after we have stopped recording and I'm editing, and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, "That's yeah, the yeah. joke," and I'll insert Mr. Black, it. and then I'll find a, a clip of you guys laughing and put that under it as well. So it's uh, you'll struggle natural. to find that. Yeah, my good, friend. Luck. <laughs> good luck. Good um, luck. Jess Perkins, notoriously a hard laugh. <laughs> Stone face Perkins. <laughs> Um, there are also, of course, the Barbie movies, as I mentioned before, 43 of them, in fact. And Barbie movies are truly my area of expertise, for better or worse. <laughs> um, I've seen them all. The first 42 of these films are animated and all clock in at at least 61 minutes, uh, which was our threshold for when we covered them. It was like, if it's over an hour, it counts. So there are purists out there that will say, like, there was a 45-minute animated Barbie movie in the 80s. We did watch it, but not for the podcast. We, we only <laughs> counted it for over um, over an hour. Um, the animated Barbie movies began in 2001 with the release of Barbie in the Nutcracker, and uh, the most recent outing, Barbie Skipper and the Great and the Big Babysitting Adventure, uh, releasing earlier this year in March. The movies were basically started because as Mattel was developing and, and growing a, a, across the years, they were like, oh, people aren't playing with toys anymore, but they are being placed in front of TVs to watch the same movie on repeat. So they started uh, making these movies to tie in to the toys. And they're all made for either the straight-to-DVD market or later for streaming. Uh, all very cheap-looking CGI animation, uh, very ropey in the early years. Um, have you, are you guys at all familiar with the, the animated Barbie movies? Yeah, I haven't like sat down and watched them, but I've I've seen enough sort of clips and so you're right, the CGI is mm. average. Okay. <laughs> I reckon you you might recognize bits and pieces of it, Matt. Like I feel like I you'll mean, recognize I, the style. I can picture cheap CGI. That's mm, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's that's Barbie. <laughs> um, Isn't that funny that such a huge brand would cheap out on something like that? Well, I think it must be a value for money thing that they're like. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You've seen any of those? Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen all of them. You've seen them picturing. all. It sounds like, I mean, they must have, but it sounds like they started doing a nutcracker, mm. like a ballet. Yeah. 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 And then they've ended with a babysitter adventure. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not afraid to go anywhere, I'm guessing. You can be anything. <laughs> That's the Barbie right. motto. You can nut crack yeah. or babysit. <laughs> yeah. And anywhere in between. <laughs> and within the Barbie canon, there are also sub-canons with um as you said a lot of the a lot of the films are ballet or fairy tale inspired uh, with Barbie characters, but you've also got the Fairytopia subseries, you've got the Mermaid Tale subseries, you've got the Barbie and her sisters subseries and so on and so forth. All of these have Barbie's got sisters. She yeah, does. Sisters. She does. Um, for the most part, these films were all part of the the wider marketing campaign to sell uh, the dolls. For example, if you bought your daughter Barbie Fashion Fairy Tale, the like toy set, it comes with a DVD of Barbie a Fashion Fairy Tale. Oh, cool! And and what's this in the movie? Barbie has a cute animal character well guess what you can buy that too you can buy a plush of it um so and it was very successful we ended up interviewing one of the animators 
of um, Barbie, some of the Barbie movies as well. And they talked all about like that sort of stuff as well. So it's a whole wow. institution. There is, there is a, like a really passionate fan base for the animated Barbie films. Which- really? Oh, that's cool. Even though they just throw away things to try to mm. flog dolls. Yeah. They actually, yeah. uh, people love them. Yeah. Um, I imagine the animator you were talking to is probably fully stressed out from being overworked. He's probably done every single one of the movies <laughs> back to back. Well, they, they did a bunch of them um, in like in the middle, I think, and then, then moved on to, to bigger and greater things. But they actually had very nice uh, things to say about uh, the the process and, and well, that's nice. I didn't say hey. Obviously, women can be animators too. Non-binary so, people can be animators too. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah, <laughs> nearly anyone can animate if they put their mind to it. Just like Bar- and- Barbie, there's probably an animator Barbie doll. But in this Definitely. case, you were—it t- was a man, wasn't it? No, it was a non-binary person. <laughs> you took it. You took a risk, and you picked the most—the one that could get you in most trouble. <laughs> well, that was, I thought it would. I thought that would be the funniest way to go, but not the way you played it. If, Jesus if it, if it, Christ! If it makes you feel better, Matt, almost all of these movies were directed by men. <laughs> that helps. Well, that that's surprising to me. <laughs> men don't normally get those kind of gigs. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to pretend like these movies are particularly good or tell you that there's, you know, hidden value in them. Some of them, worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, But when watching them, uh, we decided to be, like, open and aware to the fact that they were not made for us. And we began to, like, critically analyse them from that kind of angle. Um, So there are a couple of standout Barbie movies I can recommend if you guys or any of the listeners were uh, looking to dip a toe, maybe in prep for the new movie. (laughs) Firstly, if you're a Barbie movie fan, this will come as no surprise, but 2004's Barbie, Princess and the Pauper, directed by William Lau, is widely considered to be the the godfather of the the franchise. (laughs) Um, It is the fourth animated Barbie release coming out after Barbie of Swan Lake and before Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus. Um, (laughs) It is a gender-swapped musical adaptation of the 1881 Mark Twain novel The Prince and the Pauper in which a young prince and a young peasant discover they look identical and swap lives to see how the other half live. Uh, Here it is done with a blonde Barbie and a brunette Barbie. One one is a princess. But other than that, they look identical? They look identical. (laughs) They're the same CGI models. How the other half live. (laughs) This is like trading places, right? Which one came first? I mean, (laughs) having having done a podcast where... um, we covered so many sequels. The Prince and the Pauper is a like a foundation of a lot of sequels. Like there are so many franchises that have a Prince and the Pauper kind of sequel hidden in them somewhere. So that's um but that's I love that there is a movie amongst all this that is seen as being better than the rest. Oh, there, there there's is, a couple. Is it, is it good compared to movies or just good compared to Barbie well, movies? So great question. And it's one of these things where it's like if you had put a Disney animated film sized budget into the animation you wouldn't have to do that much with the story or the script Um, or the the songs especially which is one of the reasons this movie um, is so uh, beloved Um, there are some actually pretty catchy (laughs) songs in this film including uh, I Am A Girl Like You which is sung between the two Barbies when they meet each other Um, that's sort of the the breakout hit from the film Uh, the villain in the film is played by Martin 
Short, wow. who uh, sings a song called How Can I Refuse? Um, and that's a good one. And I'm also quite partial to the opening song, which is called Free, uh, in which both Barbies sing about how stifling their individual lives are and how they long to be free. This is uh, my favorite lyric in the song. It says, You would think that I'm so lucky that I have so many things. I'm realizing that every present comes with strings. Oh, oh, that is good. That is That's good, good that is right? Yeah, good. that makes you think. <laughs> a bit tone deaf from rich Barbie singing about how yeah. tough her life is, <laughs> whilst poor Barbie is also. Mm. It's like, come on, yeah, yeah. read the room, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All these gifts I get. <laughs> yeah. Just heaps, by the way. Oh, my God. Counts. Well, firstly, I don't know where to put them all. Yeah, I've got a whole gift room, <laughs> yeah. which is taking um, up precious space. And I'm having to buy another house just for gifts. Just to, hold, just to house my gifts. Can you believe it? Oh, yeah. My life is hard. Um, Jeez, I'm jealous. And you you don't even have rooms. That must be so that freeing. That must be so nice. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to mention the 13th film in the series, which is 2008's Barbie and the Diamond Castle, directed by Gino Nichelle. Uh, this is an original story about two Barbies living together in a cottage in a fairy tale forest who set off together to find the mysterious Diamond Castle. Uh, this one is also a musical and features uh, some more bangers like Connected and Two Voices, One Song. <laughs> You mean a duet. (laughs) (laughs) What a convoluted way to say it's a duet. (laughs) If you heard the song, Matt, you'd get into it, though. You wouldn't be back talking it. (laughs) You'd love it. You'd love it. (laughs) Honestly, I can get into any music. I've realised that over the last few years, Mm. doing different music podcasts. Mm. If If I have an open mind to it, I can love nearly any song, I reckon. Yeah, wow. But I think that's probably true with a lot of people. It's like Mm. it's hard to go into a, to like something that, this is clearly isn't very good. Mm. But if you want to like it, I reckon you can. Well, I also think that when you're in the middle of watching 37 Barbie movies and the so- <laughs> the song's a little bit catchy, you're like, oh my God, this is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some quality. <laughs> um, so Barbie and the Diamond Castle, it's mainly notable in the community uh, for what many perceive to be an implicitly queer subtext to the film, uh, with many believing that the two Barbies are in fact a pair of cottagecore lesbians. Um <laughs> There are there are two male romantic interests in the film, but they are swiftly written out of the story uh, when they are carried away by a rainbow. So, <laughs> and from memory, I didn't know rainbows could do that. <laughs> I don't think they That's appear amazing. in the rest of the film either. So it's it's widely considered to be the gay Barbie movie. Um, <laughs> And, and very popular in the community. Uh, if you're looking for a fucked up Barbie experience, though, um, you need to check out 2006's The Barbie Diaries, directed by Eric Fogel, which is the eighth film in the franchise, uh, plus the first and for a long time only contemporary set uh, film, uh, focusing on Barbie attending high school, and the film looks insane, you guys. It is some of the most cheap, off-putting and upsetting animation you'll ever see, widely considered to be the worst film in the series. So that's the, the Barbie Diaries. Right. Mm. I, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't go with more contemporary stuff. I guess that dates Whereas you said it in the olden days, it'll never date. Yeah, predate. Well, a lot of the a lot of the early ones, so like Barbie and the Nutcracker, for example, begins with Barbie and her little sister in a ballet studio, and she's like, "Well, have I ever told you the story about the oh. Nutcracker?" Oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, but the more recent ones, like the one I said before, the most recent one is Barbie and her Barbie uh, Skipper and the Big Babysitting Adventure. That's that's a that's a modern day running story. out of ideas. <laughs> Barbie Skipper and the Big Babysitting Adventure. It's too long a title. Yeah. I'd edit that down a little Just bit. Just call it a duet. Agreed. Um, <laughs> but so 
They must be releasing, what, two or three a year? Yeah, pretty much. Since since 2001, yeah. I can't wow. believe the animator had time to chat to you. <laughs> well, they didn't work for, for Mattel anymore, but- Oh, um, okay. It was, it was- Burnt out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, having seen all 42 of these films and now having seen Gretel Gerwig's 2023 film starring Margot Robbie as Barbie, I can confirm that they had pretty much zero influence <laughs> on the <laughs> on the live action film. I don't think Greta Gerwig has seen- the animated Barbie movies. Um, But in regards to my personal experience, uh, watching and analysing 43 films that are so obviously not aimed at my demographic has helped me to appreciate more media not made for me, uh, which is pretty close to some of the themes and conversations within the 2023 live action film. So it wasn't, I I need to tell myself that it wasn't all for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've given, it's given you something to talk to us about. That's true. That's true. I'm kind of disappointed that Greta Gerwig didn't even uh, like at least do a few nods to some of these obscure mm. characters. That would have been fun for the fandom to see mm. a reference to the worst movie you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, I think mm. that so or 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 a couple of guys being carried away by a rainbow in the background <laughs> at some point. I mean, I'd, I've only seen them the the Greta Gerwig movie once, so maybe there's some hidden things in the the background that I didn't notice, um, but. For my money, the only thing, the only vaguely, uh, you know, like recognizable thing, having seen all of them, is that um, one of the Barbies is a mermaid. And when she's credited in the film, it refers to her as like um, the Mermaid Power is like the name of the her toy. And I've seen the movie that Mermaid Power is based <laughs> off. Okay, well, that's that's pretty that's good. A deep cut. Yeah, I like that. Uh, a live action Barbie movie had obviously been on the cards for years, and since uh, 2009, Mattel had been pretty keen to get their flagship gal on the silver screen, uh, with the film and its concept being radically adjusted over the years notable names like amy schumer and anne hathaway were at times attached to play barbie at different stages Uh, and juno and jennifer's body uh, screenwriter diablo cody as well as wonder woman director patty jenkins coming and going from the project names like that and then margot robbie was officially cast as barbie uh, but also was given the role of a producer and it was actually her who nabbed ladybird slash uh uh, little woman director Greta Gerwig yeah. for the film. Mm. It sounds like she had a big role to play in it. Like, mm. like there were. I heard that she, you know, was direct directly dealing with Aqua at one point, trying to get the song yeah. involved and stuff like that. Yep, she did way more for it than just played Barbie, which is awesome. Yeah, Greta Gerwig agreed to do it uh, upon the stipulation that her husband, Marriage Story writer director Noah Bombach, could write the screenplay with her. Oh, I thought you were going to say could on, be Ken <laughs> on the stipulation that. He can't be involved at all, okay? <laughs> I need some time away. We've worked together a lot in the past, and I just need a break. I just need some greater time. <laughs> Don't tell him I said this. I'm saying to him that I'm saying, please, mm. can I have him involved? And you're saying no, okay? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's much nicer, I guess. Yeah, are you guys at all familiar with Greta Gerwig or Noah Bombeck? Uh Not as much Noah, but I've seen, I've seen Little Women mm. and other... Um, uh, stuff that Greta's done. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Greta Gerwig, and I've heard of I've yeah. I remember Little Women getting a lot of love, yeah. but I haven't seen. I saw the, like the nineties version of it. Mm. Yeah, at the cinemas. Remember feeling sad throughout. <laughs> okay, cool. Is it a sad movie? Yeah, it's sad. It's sad in places. Parts of it. Yeah. 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 I think Beth dies. Okay. <laughs> 
One of them dies or they all die? I love like, yeah, you barely remember this movie, but you like remember the, the name of the character. <laughs> yeah, I remember having a I remember having a crush on Beth when I watched it and then she died. Oh. And I've never loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should replace uh, how good is it to be alive as your opening. I've never loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so well Greta Gerwig and Noah Bombach are both like pretty out of the box choices for the director for for a Barbie movie creative team. Um, They both hail from the mumblecore film movement from the early to mid-2000s, which is a subgenre of film mostly characterized by its distinct lack of budget and often like an improvised script, rudimentary camera work. I could list off some films, but not to be the movie buff hipster, you've probably never heard of them. (laughs) Like, they're they're very... One of the biggest ones. um, Francis Ha is a big one. Um, Hannah Takes the Stairs, uh, Squid and the Whale. Heard of any of these? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, they're great. It's, 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 I've heard of squids, I've heard of whales. I've heard of uh, the name Hannah. <laughs> Hannah Takes the Stairs. I'm picturing, is it like literally just her, the whole, like an hour and a half of her? It's set in a stairwell. Yeah, set in a stairwell. Up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, they're, very, they're very small movies and, and um, very like... I want to say like character focused and story focused, but they're not even really that. It's almost just like there's a very loose narrative. They're, they're basically like very easy to make, and that's I think why a lot of them got made. Because <laughs> and they're like set in a day usually, yeah, right? Yeah, they're yeah. sort of who's that actor who's sort of famous for mumblecore movies? He's in um, the Morning Wars. Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass. Yeah, he he's who I think I want to think of mumblecore. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Is he in any of those movies you said? Yeah, I think he's in... Oh, God, is he in... Doesn't matter. Francis Hart? Um, so... Sorry. Sorry, AJ. Question <laughs> <Watch laughs> without notice. <laughs> um, pretty much the polar opposite of the popcorn blockbuster anyway. That's what Mumblecore uh, is. Mm-hmm. Um and I personally believe that the mumblecore background is probably key to why the 2023 film is so successful and or at least why it's so weird and why its sense of humor is so strange. Um, it is like a character focused indie comedy in the clothes of a high budget blockbuster in a lot of ways Uh, and this meta approach to the film and to the barbie brand um is you know all through the film it it depicts uh different versions of barbie living in some kind of alternate universe named barbie land when pitching this approach to warner brothers margot robbie compared it to jurassic park and uh jokingly claimed that the film would make a billion dollars and guess (laughs) guess what happened a few days ago (laughs) Um, isn't that amazing yeah. yeah After only 17 days since it premiered, it is now the highest grossing film to be ever directed by one woman, supplanting uh, Wonder Woman in 2017, which made $821.8 million global at the box office. Um, th- wow. There are, I think there's maybe movies that have made more than Barbie that have two directors and one of them is a woman, like I think Frozen 2. There's not that many movies that get up. Over a billion, are there? No, there's a it's you know there's a billion dollar club and it's your avatars and your Avengers and stuff. Yeah, Wars and yeah, stuff. yeah. And now Barbie, which is pretty sick. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love it. And that. it's still like it's not looking like that's going to end anytime soon. I'm guessing. Mm. I mean, I still haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. That's another there, thirty-five must be bucks. Like me. <laughs> that's thirty-five bucks right there. Yeah, there you go. I don't think I've got any pink clothes. No. To wear, but I'm gonna have to get myself a pink. Yeah. You could go as a Ken. Ooh, I could go as a Ken. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Which Ken do you think I should go? Kenny Callender, the old 
horse racing commentator? <laughs> yeah, I think you should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so all this talk about Barbie, guys, but who is Barbara Millicent Roberts? Her fictional biography has changed and adapted over the years, but there are plenty of traits and details that have remained consistent. Uh, Barbie is usually somewhere between 16 and 19 years old. Um, She has lived in a few different American cities, including Willows, Wisconsin, and New York, New York, though these days is typically depicted as living in Malibu, California, with her parents, George and Margaret, neither of whom have ever been issued as dolls, which I thought was... That's interesting. Her sisters have, but not her parents. Yep. yep, Are are they her parents' names? Uh, yeah, no. George, George, and Margaret are other names. They. I mean, um, so are they the the real uh, no, parents' names? That was Ruth and Elliot. Okay, I remember that. I was yeah. just checking, checking that you remembered. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that she has had some really high high up jobs, like president, mm. Um, mm. and she's. 16 to 19. Isn't that amazing? She's done so much. She's not getting my vote. No. No offence, kid. You've got to get out get some life experience. Uh, Life experience? Have you Mm. seen her CV? Let's start with a degree. (laughs) Tell you what, she must be a millennial jumping around that many jobs. (laughs) Yeah, pick one. Be be a a master of of one. Master of- It's funny that I'm sure I've heard this before, but it still doesn't feel right that- Barbie is short for Barbara. Yeah. Barbie mm-hmm. feels like its own name. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like a shortening Barbara. of Barbara. Well, there's also people are talking about now because the, the movie is, has been so popular that, like, is Barbara going to make a comeback? Because Barbara, if, I hope I'm not offending anyone here, but Barbara's, like, not a... Not typically a, a young person's name, you know? No. no. Some no. of the some of those old people names have made a big comeback in the last couple of decades. Like, Jack is a really big for like 20-something-year-olds in Australia, I reckon. Mm. Right. And that was like a, you know, a World War sort of name. Yeah, true. And, yeah, so I think the names do make a comeback. Jack's feel, Jack feels a bit timeless. I feel like there's always Jacks. Right. Mm. But, like, names like Edith and, mm. yeah, some Edith's of those great. really old names are coming mm. back. So, yeah, Barbara, Barbara will make a return at some point. I mean, you don't hear baby Jessicas anymore, but no, that'll, that'll well, turn around. Yeah, like at the moment, I mean, we're- Working towards it, where like the babies being born now are gonna hear Matt and Jess, like we hear Gertrude and yeah, hundred <laughs> percent Philistine. <laughs> yeah, we- that's not one. Gertrude but- and Philistine. 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 The old lady down the shop. Dot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so Barbie's parents, they've never been dolls, but they do feature a lot in, well, not a lot, actually, but they have been in, in other pieces of Barbie media. Um, Barbie herself is the oldest of what is usually four Roberts children, uh, though there have been more who have uh, chillingly disappeared or uh, <laughs> been retired um, over oh my the years. God. You think they've been taken out? And killed. I th- yes, I do. I actually. Can I have a Can I have a guess at the at the four? So there's, yeah, the there's, 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 there's a, it's a rotating roster, but there's four constants that you can guess. Yeah, because there's Skipper mm-hmm. and Stacy, mm-hmm. but then I, th- <gasps> but then there's one that's like, is it Chelsea or something like that? I'm so impressed. Yes, this is. Is it Chelsea? Ooh. Well, it, it is Chelsea, but you you paused there, and, and that made sense because Chelsea was originally named Kelly. Kelly. Mm. Whoa. Yes, I had a Kelly. Nice. Why are they changing names from Kelly to Chelsea? Why? How, how like- common is the name? Kelly compared to Chelsea, maybe it's just oh too common. Brain. Kelly, I think, I think Kelly, at least, Kelly least was common. like 
Kelly was like the youngest one. Right. So she was little, whereas like I had a I had a Stacy who it, she was a gymnast Stacy. So she was a smaller doll than Barbie, mm. but she had she was in a little like gym leotard and she came with uneven bars mm. and and little like clips on her wrist so she could hang from the bars and you could make her do like little flips and stuff. It was I had no sick. idea there were siblings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so, really interesting. One was Stacy as well, because obviously the the Simpsons parody is Malibu Stacy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're saying that Barbie's now based in Malibu, and yeah. her sister's name Stacy. So I wonder how they came to that. There's the episode of the Simpsons, like Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, where she yeah. meets the creator, and it's a it's like a pretty direct reference to what Ruth Handler was was like as well. Right, mm. Lisa yeah. the Lionheart. Yeah, Lisa Lionheart. Yeah, yeah. Um, the so Skipper was first introduced in 1964. Stacy first introduced in 1990, and Chelsea slash Kelly introduced in 1995. Uh, though, as you were sort of alluding to there, Jess, they're basically brunette Barbie, tween Barbie, and kid Barbie. Like I yeah. think I because having seen them in the movies now and seen that their personalities are pretty indistinct, I think it's maybe just more like, do you want to play with Barbie, but like a little version? Of yeah. Her? Yeah. yeah, a more travel-friendly version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, other siblings who are no longer with us include uh, Barbie's twin siblings, Tootie and Todd, who had seamless bendy bodies with internal wires. Uh, Barbie has a cousin named Francie Fairchild, who was invented <laughs> for the mod era, and another cousin, Jazzy, who was sort of like a high school, like it was like a high school toy line, and she was the, the main focus of that. There's also... Uh, Christine or Chrissy, Barbie's little baby sister. Uh, these are all missing, presumed dead. <laughs> Pres- presumed by me. Um, I, uh, I'm picturing the backyard of the the, the Barbie playhouse dream house. or whatever. <laughs> there's uh, there's you know a few a row of shallow graves. Yeah. That would be such a great toy set. Can you imagine getting the 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 pet cemetery in the back of the yeah the that, that's house. the kind of thing that Greta Gerwig yeah. should have been working with absolutely just in, the, in the in the far background just mm. a few little mounds of dirt in the backyard yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there is of course also one Kenneth Sean Carson or simply just Ken uh, he is Barbie's on and off again boyfriend who was originally introduced in 1959, so just after the original Barbie. Um, Ken uh, canonically met Barbie on the set of a TV commercial, uh, and like Barbie, has held a myriad of different jobs since he was introduced, including. No, I'm just, I won't do all. <laughs> uh, he's been, but you know, you got astronaut, saxophonist, uh, and most recently, Beach is his job yes. in the 2023 <laughs> film. Beach. Beach. Yeah. That's fun. Um, his and Barbie's relationship has also changed over the years. While he is mostly depicted as her boyfriend, he's also been her best friend. Uh, pour one out for, for all the, the lost souls there. Um, her- oh, Ken he's, got friend zoned. He's actually a, he's a nice guy. He's a nice yeah. guy, but yeah. of course she doesn't yeah. want him. She wants the bad boys. <laughs> she wants the Trevors. Are there other are there other boys? Yeah. Is there a Trevor? There's no Trevor. Damn it. Ken and Trevor goes well together. These themes are all in the 2023 movie yeah, as well. You're going to oh, love the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feels like I'm writing it right now. Um, he's also been her neighbour and uh, her business partner. Uh, and in 2004, he officially became her ex. 
Do you guys Ooh. remember this? I remember this. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> um, it was announced by Mattel that the couple had split and Vice President of Marketing at Mattel, Russell Ahrens, saying, uh, Barbie and Ken feel it's time to spend some quality time <laughs> apart. Like other celebrity couples, their Hollywood romance has come to an end. Man, you must feel so ridiculous having like yeah, high level meetings. board meetings about this. <laughs> we need some publicity. What can we do? Mm, mm. Split I don't up. Want, I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun here, mm. but I think it's time to split up Barbie and Ken. <laughs> and everyone's going like, "There's a spit take." Yeah, mm, mm. you're crazy, Darren. There's no way. <laughs> well, well, they won't. They. That's what. <laughs> that's what. Pe- keeping people involved. Well, I mean, there's there's still some dramatic tension here because after they broke up, Barbie got a new boyfriend. Do you guys this this might this is a bit Trevor. closer closer to home for you guys? So you might do you remember this from 2004 at all? Um, she dated an Australian surfer named Blaine Gordon. Blaine, which is what an American would name an Australian surfer. I think Blaine, Blaine. and we're all surfers, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but I know also, I am, and a, you are. Uh, well, yes, but so we're small the- sample size, <laughs> but I think we can extrapolate that to but everyone. The we surfer. are champion surfers, but also like so. Barbie and Ken break up after decades together. Two thousand and four, mm. mm. same year. She's she's dating somebody yeah. else. Immediately. Barbie, and come now, on. Both part of the same announcement, which tells you there was a little bit of overlap. Overlap oh, for sure. My yep. God, oh Barbie, my God, Barbie, I'm so disappointed in you. You can be anything, including. Uh, a disappointment. <laughs> hey, we don't know. Maybe Ken. Maybe Ken was cool with it. You know, that's true. That's we true. don't know what was going on behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't know what these inanimate pieces of plastic were, were yeah. thinking behind the scenes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. She dated the surfer. You could buy dolls of Blaine. Um. He, he looks, again, he looks like what an American would depict an Australian surfer is like. Uh, but much like Barbie's presumably dead siblings, he was discontinued after two years when Barbie and Ken got back together in yes. 2006. That's oh. like, it's like, yeah, isn't that uh, how manipulated we were? Mm. Blaine looks fucked, to be honest. <laughs> He that is an ugly doll. Matt's gonna Google Blaine Gordon and see like himself as a <laughs> as a, as a Barbie doll now. <laughs> I also had no idea that people had uh, uh, that they all had surnames. Mm. So Barbie's surname's what Gordon? No, no Barbie's Blaine. Roberts. Barbie Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. That's not a good doll. <laughs> Big lips. <laughs> Oh my god, look at this middle part he's got going on there. Is this this is what I believed everyone in Australia looked like. Am I <laughs> am I incorrect in that? He's he's got a middle part bowl haircut. Mm. Uh I love how he's he's got he's got uh Sandy from the OC level eyebrows. He's mm. got like he's his hair's quite streaky. Mm. Like he's got sort of he's put blonde foils through it. Mm. You know what like Australian man in what year? 2004? Yeah, yeah I think this isn't far not, off. It's not far <laughs> off. <laughs> this is far off. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> They've done their research, I reckon. <laughs> and they're also right to kill him off. We did it here mm. too. Mm. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> we're all pretty glad that Facebook wasn't quite around at that point and there's not too mm. many photos of the era. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I'm a bit younger than you and I have a lot of Facebook statuses <laughs> that I find myself deleting whenever I'm looking at my uh, memories. Yep. Right at the cusp. I was 17. 
I was 17 oh. when Facebook became a big thing. So I, it's not the worst thing in the world, but a, a few 17-year-old statuses being like, oh, oh yeah. I, I go that. through delete. Every time I get a memory of here's what yeah. you wrote 12 years ago, I'm like, yeah. I don't need to see this. Let's just delete. That, this could get me cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's, there's that one side where you're like, oh, my God, how naive was I? But then the other side where you've just realised something that everyone does at that age mm. and you're like, all right, guys, I got some truth to uh, spread yeah, here. Yeah. And you know who's a good example? I mean, that's not what I've done, but. <laughs> you know who's a good example of what this looks like on a global scale? Is uh, Jaden Smith. Because oh. <laughs> Jaden Smith got social media when he was like nine years old. And you can find like tweets from him from like 2007 where he's like, How are our eyes real if trees aren't real? Or something like that. Like real, like pseudo philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Jaden Smith? Will, Will Smith's son. son. Will Smith's son. Yeah. Hmm. Jaden. That's, a, that's a, a modernish name. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting an old man named Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are literally hundreds of other friends, acquaintances, associates, pets, and alternative versions of Barbie herself who have graced uh, toy stores over the years. Um, each one of those characters that I've just mentioned have their own supporting cast. Um, so, uh, yeah. There's there's too many dolls to mention, but I will go into a few of the more enduring non-Barbie Barbie dolls outside of who I've already mentioned, uh, which would include Brooklyn Barbie, who is an African-American Barbie introduced in 2021 and in, uh, to tie into the animated film Barbie Big City Big Dreams, a film I've seen. Uh, <laughs> now, this is not just a, like a racially diverse alternative to, to white Barbie, uh, but an entirely different character who happens to share the exact same first middle and surname as the OG Barbie Uh, the pair become best friends in the film and refer to each other as Malibu and Brooklyn uh, cute. Uh, there is also Alan released in 1964 and marketed as Ken's buddy who could fit all his clothes Uh, Alan is portrayed by Michael Cera in the new film where it is uh, heavily implied he is gay uh, and absolutely in love with the Kens Um, and this is paying off like a long held piece of fan speculation in the Barbie collectors community Uh, there's also Margaret Sheward or Midge who we talked about at the start of the episode this doll was introduced in 1963 and marketed as both Barbie's best friend and for a time the wife of Alan but the two are no longer depicted as being married curiously Mm. he shaved off his beard Uh, Midge is portrayed in the 2023 film by promising young woman director Emerald Fennell, um, which depicts the character as eternally pregnant in reference. That feels a bit patronising. Oh, she's a promising young <laughs> woman director. She's made movies, mate. Yeah, that's okay. True. I really need to take a step back and. Um, Where do you get off? <laughs> and sorry to step up at you here, but mm. as a feminist, I think sometimes mm. it's important that you know you speak up. Yeah. Um, just sorry, please. Yeah, Jess, I, I, um, I just, sorry, I'm just interested to hear Jess's thoughts on, on this. No, no, well, Jess can have her turn. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I think it's important that women are respected and given their space mm. to flourish and grow, and you don't have to patronize them. Yeah. Oh, they're, Jess, please. I, no, but I agree with what <laughs> Jess, <saying>. please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the in the movie she is uh, yeah a, a, eternally pregnant, referred to as as like creepy by 
uh, some of the Mattel uh, executive characters. Uh, and in this is, of course, in reference to the 2003 Happy Family line of dolls, which you uh, bought your sister for, as a Christmas present, uh, Matt, in which uh, the Midge <laughs> doll uh, came with a removable magnetic womb, uh, which her unborn <laughs> child was placed inside. Uh, this led to some controversy over the fact that Midge was encouraging teenage pregnancy because remember, these characters are supposed to be like 17. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. funny also like it's encouraging it. Mm. Oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to have a removable <laughs> belly. It's also, I guess, just creepy to have a utero baby you can take yeah, it on bit- and off. It's, uh, and like, it's, basically, it's a fetus, right? Mm, mm, exactly. Yeah. But when was it made until the 90s? I'm starting to think maybe I bought a knockoff version. <laughs> That's even creepier somehow, right? Like, <laughs> I couldn't have afforded a, an official Barbie when I was a kid, surely. It was 2003 when this came out. So, Oh, wow. 2003? Mm. Oh. No, I hang on. This page I'm looking at says it came out in 63. Okay, maybe there. Oh, Midge came out in 63, but the, the um, oh. pregnant version of her. Oh, right. Oh, it was earlier than that. So I was like, Mm. or have I just made up a memory? (laughs) That has happened before. But I was, I reckon this would have been in the not like the mid to late 90s. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to have to message my sister later. Yeah. Mm. Actually, she'll be listening. You message me. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has, been stress- <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel- that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit. It, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Pregnant Midge is far from the only controversies the Barbie brand has faced over the years. Let's do it. Let's get into Barbie controversies. Uh, in 2006, we had Tanner, who was Barbie's pet Labrador, uh, who came with a shitting functionality uh, in which you could, you could feed it. Is that it. what they branded it as? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could feed it dog food and then the dog food would come out its butt. But then the same piece of... <laughs> 
plastic piece of dog food, you just feed it back to it. So it's like it's a human centipede, but a d- dog version. <laughs> that is, uh, and and these people were worried about encouraging teen pregnancy. <laughs> so what are they worried about here? Eating shit, kids eating their own shit. <laughs> Jesus. Um, she uh, the the dog was uh does feature in the 2023 film. Um Kate McKinnon plays Weird Barbie and has a pet labrador which I believe is intended to be Tanner. Oh, yeah. In 1993, a line of Barbie dolls were released under the name Earring Magic, which featured several of the Barbie characters wearing earrings, including Ken, which sparked a very 1993 controversy over Ken's sexuality. Uh, Originally designed in order to make Ken cooler, the earring in the doll's left ear instead sparked a media frenzy, with everyone from Jay Leno to the New York Times commenting on Ken coming out, uh, something which at the time was meant pejoratively uh, but was actually embraced by many in the gay community who quickly purchased as many of the scandalous dolls uh, as they could the pressure eventually led to airing Magic Ken being discontinued but is now considered a valuable collector's item being displayed in several niche museums across America and believed wow. to be the highest selling Ken doll of all time wow mm. god that's ridiculous mm. how does Ken sell in, in comparison to Barbie imagine it's way lower. Yeah, it's way lower. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, yeah, I think I, next to Barbie, he'll be the most popular dog. Yeah, right. Board, I would imagine. Even ahead of Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Blaine's probably a very rare collector's item at this point as well now. Even ahead of Kelly slash Chelsea? <laughs> Come on. It's crazy. What's going on? Um, Earring- f- this fandom is weird. Erring <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magic Ken also appears in the background of the 2023 film portrayed by Tom Stoughton. So he's there. You can spot a Ken with an earring. Um, oh. In 2009, Ken had another scandal when Mattel released Sugar Daddy Ken as part <laughs> of their adult-aimed Palm Beach line. Uh, Ken is depicted here in a green printed blazer, white pants, and a tiny white dog on a pink leash named Sugar, making Ken Sugar's daddy, I think, is, is the idea. Yeah. Um, but... People were obviously uncomfortable with this, and the doll was eventually discontinued in 2012. <laughs> but guess who appears in the background of the 2023 film? <laughs> you can spot, uh, yeah, you can spot Sugar Daddy Ken being portrayed by Would I Lie to You host Rob Bryden in the 2023 film. So good! Film. Oh, amazing! Yeah, Sugar That's Daddy Ken. That's a fun cameo. Yeah, yeah. Where's the connection there? Where's Greta Greta Gerwig's from America? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder how the Rob Brydon connection came about. That's fun. Well, I mean, it's an incredibly like diverse cast in the in the film, and like there's people from all all over the show are in it. It's, it's yeah. a massive cast. So yeah, I guess Margot Robbie would have more knowledge of English stuff. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah most possibly. Yeah, uh, Growing Up Skipper was another dicey Mattel release Ugh. in 1975, featuring Barbie's younger sister Skipper, who had a twistable arm. And what do we want to guess happened when you twist the arm? Yeah, have a guess, Matt. <laughs> She's growing up. When people twist my arm, I'll have one more beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one Correct. more. <laughs> That's what growing up Skipper did. <laughs> uh, twist her arm. Oh, I, I don't know. You'll hate this. Uh, <laughs> Is she going to shit? No, she doesn't shit. <laughs> a, a pivot, I, I write a passage for everyone growing up. It's yeah, shit. that's when you know you're a woman. Oh, what, a, a bust comes in? 
Oh, it does. It grows out. Yeah. She so she goes a little bit taller. Do you like our phrase that there? Yeah. (laughs) An awkward old man. Yeah. What her bust comes in. (laughs) Her bust has come in (laughs) on the eve of her fourteenth birthday. (laughs) Uh, She is also in the film portrayed by Hannah Kalik Brown. So there's no one escapes the um the the background cast of the Barbie. I love how many cameos are in this. There's a lot. Exactly. Other notable Barbie controversies include the 1992 Teen Talk Barbie, which came with pre-recorded dialogue you could hear upon pushing a button. Um, Some of these lines included, will we ever have enough clothes? And I love shopping and want to have a pizza party, uh, promoting the dangerous stereotypes of women loving clothes, shopping and pizza. Very Um, dangerous things. Exactly. The doll also could say, math class is hard, uh, which led to criticism from the American Association of University Women. Each so how how the teen talk Barbie worked was there were um, two hundred and seventy phrases recorded, but each doll was only only came with four. So wow. th- this meant that spread across their their sales, um, there were two hundred and sixteen million possible combinations of four word phrases, and I like to think that means there was one doll that said all four of these controversial uh, phrases. So. But I also agree with all of them, and yeah. I am a woman. Yeah. What? And so I feel represented by that, ex- that Barbie. Exactly, exactly. I Which love, Barbie do you feel represented by? I love pizza, the talking one. Oh, yeah. Mm. You do talk, Matt. Matt is hard. <laughs> you do. For the listeners, I'm doing the yap, yap, yap. Yeah, yeah. With my hand. Yeah. And as a feminist, I think it's my right to do that. Yeah, the feminist zoned out for a bit um, while we're talking about a female Barbie that talks. I'm like, yeah, mm, bit much. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna zone out for a little bit. Come back when we're talking about something I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Well, in October 1992, Mattel announced that Teen Talk Barbie would no longer say math class is hard, and offered to swap uh, anyone who had a math class is hard. Doll. Oh my god! No, I sw- switch over. Math class is great. <laughs> yeah, in a different voice. <laughs> <laughs> math class is enjoyable. <laughs> math class is my favorite. My favorite. <laughs> math class is challenging but rewarding. <laughs> Uh, Well, according to The Only Guide to Barbie Law You Will Ever Need, which is a Slash Film article uh, written earlier this year by BJ Colangelo, which I was interviewed for, um, a a second wave feminism group called the Barbie Liberation Organization uh, made mainstream headlines in the 1990s after switching the voice boxes of Barbies and G.I. Joes in stores uh, to showcase the, like, ridiculous gender stereotypes. This meant G.I. Joe dolls were saying things like the beach is a fun place for summer <laughs> and the Teen Talk Barbie was saying vengeance is mine <laughs> <laughs> gotta tell you I relate more to the Teen Talk Barbie there <laughs> yeah you have you become somewhat of a, a Barbie expert in New Zealand um, like well, you're, <laughs> you're being interviewed for articles has that happened much since you so, Did the binge? so I've it's well because the new movie come has come out has been the main um, reason that I've been reached out to. Now I've been so that was from someone uh, discovered the podcast and emailed us. Um, the I was on the news in New Zealand talking <laughs> about Barbie, and that's because 
Richard, my podcast co-host, uh, works for the news, so he was like, "They're wanting me to do a story on Barbie. Can we? Can I get you to say a few things, and we'll credit you as a as a Barbie expert?" Don't undercut it. Edit that bit yeah. out. Just say you're on the news. <laughs> um, no, it's still cool. And also, my my other job when I'm not editing, do go on, is I am the uh, social media video editor for Letterboxd, and so I've done. I I answered some interview questions for them and then also made a video for them as well. Letterbox, so. what is that? Some sort of a, a cat feces <laughs> very related good. website? Very good. Uh. Very good. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I've been biting my tongue so much. <laughs> hey, well, You've it's- said so many things funny. <laughs> it's it's actually a, a New Zealand company, Letterbox. It's, it's, is know, it? It's global, but it's founded in New Zealand. So Previous guest, Alexi Toliopoulos mm. is uh, prolific on there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it is, and I know that listeners are yelling at their iPods about the irony of me making fun of how anyone talks. <laughs> yeah, do you want to give us some French again? Um, I could, because I had to edit that. Parlez vous français? And was that the three, the over the three hour 45 um, episode? Was that the really long one? I think you trimmed yes, it down. Yes, to it was the, the, the three twenty something. Yeah. So you've heard you've heard th- over three hours of Matt's French. Yeah. I think you've you've done enough. Yeah. That was that uh, was. So usually, usually, you know, I edit your guys' episodes like over a couple of days. That was one where it was like clear my schedule. I need to yeah. sit, <laughs> sit down and edit a four hour podcast. Did you say to your secretary, clear my schedule? Yeah, my schedule. absolutely. Cancel my two o'clock. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Get me some lunch. Yeah, get me some lunch. <laughs> I'm going to eat at my desk. And coffee, stat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2014, Mattel received criticism over the tie-in book, I Can Be a Computer Engineer, uh, in which Barbie uh, is depicted as being inept at computers and requiring her two male friends to help her <laughs> after she infects her laptop with a virus on a USB ah. device. <laughs> So See, that that, I think that's empowering because, you know, <laughs> we hear that's a lot empowering about- empowering for men, you know, getting asked to help oh, our female friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so women can't be inept on the computer? <laughs> it feels like you're really narrowing what a woman can be, AJ. You're right. I'm and so that's sorry. just not what I'm about. Mm, no, fair women enough. Women can be anything, including inept at computers. <laughs> Uh, the 1964 Barbie babysits line. Um, this is one of the bigger sort of like bigger foibles in the Barbie history. I can't wait till this uh, makes it to the big screen. <laughs> uh, maybe with Skipper involved somehow, and they go on an adventure. <laughs> no, the, the it's it's not not quite uh, not quite that. The doll was packaged with um, another problematic accessory, a miniature book titled "How to Lose Weight." Uh, and when you turn the book over, it says "Don't eat." On the back. Yeah. Um, the book reappeared again in the 1965 Slumber Party line, uh, which doubled down by including a pink bathroom scales permanently set at 110 pounds. Wait, when did, this come, when did this come out? 64 and 65. Uh, right, because I thought you said, at first I was picturing it in the modern day, thinking that that was a joke. No, But no. it was probably just quite sincere oh back then. Yeah, yeah. I also had to convert pounds to kilos there for a second set to 49 kilos <laughs> oh that's dave wanicky's comedy weight isn't that what he used to say he weighed i think he weighs more than that it was now. the low 50s i think started eating <laughs> uh, these two barbie sets are of course very rare collector's items now with just the tiny controversial accessories themselves fetching up to 125 dollars each on ebay so 
People love it. People will collect, especially if something's been cancelled. People want it even more, I think. Yeah. Um, I bring all of this up, of course, because really Barbie's biggest and most controversial aspect has always been her potentially harmful uh, presentation of femininity with her unrealistic body standards being criticised right from the beginning. Right from 1959, it was always part of the the discourse. There is now other like uh, discourse coming out in that um, article that I was interviewed for. Um, BJ Congello talks about how like a lot of people feel, like a lot of girls who grew up with Barbie were very very like, adept at uh, separating real life from the representation of the, the dolls. And there are, you know, I just want to mention that there are some schools of thought that the unrealistic body standard thing is a ma- like a made up um, fiasco that, you know, parents got scared of just like Dungeons and Dragons and things. And, and yeah, the, I don't think I ever 90s. looked at Barbie and went like, oh, I don't look like her. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 Cause there, there's quite a few things that are unrealistic about her. Mm. Like how her toes are always pointing to the floor. Yeah. yeah. Whether she's wearing shoes or not. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. That was the People, shoe they joke. They don't look like that. There was our Barbie <laughs> shoe joke. We found it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's a little stretch to go out of joke, but. <laughs> Um, according to a website I found called wikipedia.org, which I think just mainly uh, is just stats about Barbie. Um, oh, I'm not sure. I'll have to check it out. Um, a standard Barbie doll is 11.5 inches or 29 centimetres tall, giving her an equivalent height of 5 foot 9 uh, in, in real life. That's about your height? Nah, taller than me. Taller than me. Barbie's vital statistics have been estimated at 36 inches or 91 centimetres in the chest, uh, 18 inches or 46 centimetres in the waist, and 33 inches or 84 centimetres in the hips. According to research by the University's Central Hospital in Helsinki, Finland, she would lack the 17 to 22% body fat required for a woman to menstruate. Wow. Right, well, that's probably as good because she doesn't have anywhere for that to come out. (laughs) No, actually, in 1970, there was a Barbie that would (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Um, I can, actually. I can imagine. She wouldn't surprise me that much if there was a menstruating Barbie released at some point. (laughs) You move the arm. (laughs) Um, Mattel has said that the waistline of the Barbie doll was made small because the waistbands of her clothes along with the seams and snaps and zippers like they add bulk to the figure if the baseline is not unrealistically skinny which i'm back and forth on i don't know if that's a good enough uh excuse or not i think mm. it's still- probably just to save plastic it was just a, mm. a numbers game yeah probably that's a good point <laughs> I don't think this is inherently wrong, but the rise of what has been called Barbie core, the Barbie core aesthetic, uh, has certainly promoted a very specific form of uh, womanhood, which has been fueling discourse since the 60s when it comes to harmful stereotypes. Uh, By 1975, Ruth Handler and her unenthusiastic husband and business partner uh, were removed from their posts at Mattel after an investigation found them guilty of issuing false and misleading financial reports. Um, Ruth's last creative decision for Barbie was being like have the doll's eyes look forward instead of to the side but her original oh, yeah. what <laughs> well they, they initially were like bird heads no 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're like they're like looking up to the corner, whereas now they okay, stare straight. Right. She was doing a bit of side eye. Yeah, she right. wasn't a bird like looking at you. <laughs> Unrealistic Just- body standards for women. 
Who's one of those lizards that is looking yeah. sideways, two different directions? Right? How brutal would that be to be removed from your own company? But oh, yeah. also, it sounds like for the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I bring I bring her back into the story because her original intentions for the character uh, were positive and encouraged female independence, which I think is interesting because when you know we can look at Barbie as being more progressive now, and that feels like it's maybe something that they pivoted to. But from Ruth Handler's perspective, it was always supposed to be like empowering, mm. you know. Uh, as the enterprise of the doll grew and grew, these mistakes and problematic elements crept their way in. Some were there from the start, some turned up sporadically. Uh, and for a long time, at least in my life, I feel like the conversation around Barbie really seemed to focus on everything the brand had done wrong. Like, I feel like every conversation growing up about Barbie involved this kind of thing. And this is, again, a pivotal plot point in the 2023 movie, um, which I think is great that the that they're able to acknowledge that and work it into their their narratives and things like that um and i think it is important to acknowledge all these faults and understand that the societal standards and feminism looked pretty different in the 1960s to what it does now you guys do go on i imagine every almost every report you do you'll come across some like dated or you know old form of of what we considered okay um and it's less like it's less like an excuse and more like an explanation for, for why mm. things have been the way they are. I don't want to like simp for a corporation like uh, like with like Mattel, uh, but I do think the the creative human beings at Mattel have done a really like admirable job in recent years to move with the times and understand and incorporate the constructive criticism leveled at the Barbie brand. Uh, it's a brand that is continuously learning and evolving and updating, which is I think more than a lot of brands who have been around for that long can say. For example, uh, Barbie had been incorporating racial diversity from fairly early on albeit with a few uh, fun stumbles which we can talk about um, companion dolls Francie and Christy were both depicted as African American debuting in 1967 and 1968 the former though was still created using the white Barbie mold so it, it was criticised for lacking like African characteristics other than dark skin um, as did the 1980s uh, black Barbie where the character that's just what it's called uh, the character was presented as a different race from the original design something which is now standard for the dolls today wherein the different different molds are used to make like uh, more accurate depictions and not oh. just caucasian characters with different skin tones yeah nice yeah um the controversies don't stop though because in 1997 this is a, this is a, a dicey one uh, mattel teamed up with nabisco to launch the oreo barbie to tie into Oreos, uh, uh, so that quote, what <laughs> girl, girls could play after class and share America's favorite cookie. <laughs> the wait so it's edible the, doll the doll's is edible? not edible but it's like okay. Oreo themed I guess right I'm picturing a cre a creme center. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe if you cracked the Barbie open, you'd find that in there. Yum. Um, First you lick it, <laughs> then you dip it. <laughs> Uh, Mum said chocolate isn't good for dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can have the rest of my milk. <laughs> I learned a lot from that ad campaign. <laughs> Mainly that chocolate isn't good for dogs. Mm. What an important thing. Probably the most important thing Oreo has put out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've I that very day I stopped feeding chocolate to dogs. <laughs> uh, the 1997 release of Oreo Barbie was only the white version, but when the line was re-released in 2001, both a white version and a black version were created, and uh, critics were like, "Hey, do you know what Oreo means uh, in this context?" Because uh, that could be a derogatory term for someone who is uh, black on the outside and white on the inside. Um, mm. So the that was then amended and an apology was uh, swiftly delivered. Right. Black on the outside, white on the inside. Mm. So like, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, um, uh, that, I'd call that a faux pas. Yeah. Well, another uh, diversity faux pas happened in 1997 when Mattel introduced Share a Smile Becky, a doll in a pink wheelchair. Uh, and Kirsty Johnson, a 17-year-old high school student from Tacoma, Washington, with cerebral palsy, uh, pointed out that the doll would not fit in the elevator of the $100 dream house uh, that, w- that had been released. Um, and <sighs> to Mattel's credit, they went, yep, that's a fair criticism, and they redesigned the house so that... Uh, the the uh, share a smile Becky could fit her wheelchair in the elevator. Oh wow, yeah. that's cool. Share a smile Becky's a an interesting name. Mm. Share a smile. That's her first name. <laughs> her first name share a smile. Beautiful name for a boy or girl. Share a smile. Share a smile. And so that's like that's an example, I guess, of Mattel actually being like, yeah, fair enough. We screwed up. Here's 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 us trying to yeah. trying to fix it, which I think is I'm really. I'm a bit cool. disappointed in that because that that goes against my sort of personal philosophy of doubling down. <laughs> And, um, we'll make saying, it even no, smaller, smaller dream <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah. That's it. Oh, fine. Well, I guess we'll just delete, share a smile, Barbie. Now, is that is that what you want? We were doing something good. <laughs> we yeah. were trying to be nice. <laughs> um, we're the good guys. <laughs> uh, Barbie Media has also taken important steps in recent years. While the films and shows, they all show that Barbie is capable of tackling all these dozens of different high octane careers from superhero to spy to video game coder. Um, some of this media has also taken progressive steps you maybe wouldn't expect to hear from the brand, uh, including the web series Barbie Vlogs, in which a CGI Barbie discusses everything from um, girls apologising when they don't need to, to uh, there's an episode about celebrating gay dads, um, and there's an episode in 2020 uh, where Barbie talks with her African-American friend Nikki about white privilege in the wake of the Black Lives Matter protest. It's wow. very interesting and very cool. It's it's a The way that the show is done is like a mocap artist sits in front of a screen and pretends to be Barbie. So the vlogs, there's like glitches in them. There's like bloopers and, and she'll stumble through words sometimes. And so it's this like really open and honest conversation explaining what white privilege is um, to children, which I think is really cool. That's really interesting. One of them, I think I've heard Margot Robbie in interviews talking about one of those videos. I think it's the one, it's probably the one of like um, girls saying sorry when they don't have to. And like, Mm. rather than, saying sorry for being late or anything like that, saying, like, thank you for your patience. Mm. Margot Robbie has talked about mm. that and how she learnt a, a good lesson from a Barbie vlog. I think that's so funny and so nice. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So according to uh, Avni Banzel, writing for Creative Salon, uh, by 2015, Mattel had launched Barbies with 22 ethnicities, 35 skin tones, 97 hairstyles, and nine uh, body types. Uh, in general, a standard Barbie doll these days comes in four different sizes, ranging from petite to curvy, and curvy is... 
to be honest, are still pretty skinny. Uh, but <laughs> but progress is being made, and Mattel seems to be like at the bleeding edge of diverse representation with their dolls. So perhaps the Barbie doll will continue to fill in the gaps and represent more types of people in the future. Uh, In 2023, for example, you can buy a Barbie with a hearing aid, a bald Barbie, a Barbie with a prosthetic leg, and most recently they released a Barbie with Down syndrome. So it really is, you know, they really are trying to put in the work and effort to not just be like paying lip service service or uh, virtue signaling, I guess, which, which is admirable. Yeah. Which is great. But I just noticed on that list, there's no 30 something year old bearded podcaster. No, no. I think there might be a podcaster Barbie though. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I think they're actually. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I'm on the Mattel website. Is it accurate if it's not, Bearded and middle aged. <laughs> middle aged. <laughs> I'll I'll take I'll try. take all the other stereotypes for <laughs> for male right. podcasters. Well, you let me know when you come to terms with it. But <laughs> I was trying to see if there was a radio Barbie. I don't think there is. There's probably a DJ. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> AJ, I agree. We're going to live forever. So how can you be middle-aged if you're going to live forever? Yeah. I'm still a baby. Uh, The Barbie motto, as I've said a couple of times, is you can be anything. And while her 200-plus careers certainly emphasize that, uh, (laughs) I think it's great that this message has also been pretty successfully applied to all walks of life with these different um, varieties of dolls. I've got a quote here from Ruth Handler's 1994 autobiography, Dream Doll, The Ruth Handler Story, uh, which says, My whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl could be anything she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices, which I think is really beautiful uh, and and, um, as beautiful as manufacturing plastic uh, can be (laughs) as we march forward into the end of the world. Yes. It's nice to play a little bit of a role in that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a fact here to end on that starts out what I hope Jess can say is fun and ends grim. So that's pretty that give out a hybrid fun grim fact before. Uh, Ruth Handler's son, Kenneth Handler, for which Ken was named, uh, actually grew up to be a filmmaker. He directed the 1974 film Pigeon and the 1985 film Delivery Boys. That's the fun part. Is that fun? That's pretty fun. Yeah, well, here's the grim part. Uh, He sadly passed away in 1994. Uh, Ruth Handler has said that her son died of a brain tumour, though it was speculated for years that he actually died of AIDS-related complications, something which was apparently confirmed in 2019. Oh, wow. That's sad. Sad that she wasn't able to... Mm talk about it yeah. mm. that must have been really difficult he he has a wikipedia page but the Bar- barbara handler does not so i thought oh wow that's kind of interesting brutal yeah i think both both kids hated that the dolls were named after them didn't they they mm. like i think i've read that they were like oh it's so embarrassing <laughs> yeah i can imagine <laughs> there would have been quite a period Probably later you'd get over it, but yeah, imagine through your teens and stuff. Yeah, that would be a yeah I'd be pretty mad if I was constantly like told I was the girlfriend of my sister as well. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my Barbie report. I hope you enjoyed it. I didn't just enjoy it, AJ. I loved oh, it. Thank you so much. I have, um, I was looking up Barbies mm-hmm. just on, and, and when you Google Barbie, like Google has all these pink stars on it, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. But also, the movie has a two point nine rating on Google. <laughs> um, the new movie, which isn't good, mm. but I'm gonna guess yeah, it has yeah. 
slightly more one star reviews than five. Oh, and been- I'm going to guess there's a recurring theme, mm. few recurring themes mm-hmm. in those one star reviews. Yeah. Pe- uh, I think the recurring theme is they haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't get it. Mm. What, do you, what do you call those campaigns? Review bombing smear, or whatever. Smear campaigns or, yeah, review bombing. Smear campaigns. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it is funny. There's no, I think personally, there's no better way to show how much you're unbothered and don't care about something mm. than by, you know, becoming obsessed with it <laughs> yeah. and trying to tarnish its reputation. Well, one thing as well, because like I've, I've, you know, so I podcast in the, in the movie, in the movie space, right? So like mm. the, misogynistic internet dwelling uh dude is like something that that i come across quite a lot and for listeners kind of look like you know i'm i'm podcasting to you guys from my attic uh, and i'm <laughs> beard bespectacled i like movies and i podcast like i fit the bill and so i come across the, this kind of this kind of speech a lot and what and a lot of our listeners uh fit that bill as well <laughs> i think we can yeah. sort of go about 50 percent mm. Uh, are on that side of the fence. Bespeckled. Right. Bespeckled. Right. Yeah. And uh, hate women. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and then the other half, yeah. you know, love women. Yeah. Love them. And I'm one of them. I love women. Because how, how hot are women? Just personally. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree with that, AJ? I, I couldn't agree more. Jess and I talk about it all the time. Women how hot are, are women? so hot. Dave doesn't quite get <laughs> he it. He doesn't but... get it. He doesn't see it. He says <laughs> it. He says, I just don't see it. But- for me, yeah, it's just like so hot. It's as real as the air we breathe. Yeah. Yep. Oh, is gravity real? Yes. Just as much as women are hot. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You know what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Putting it in terms that uh, everyone understands. Everyone can might understand. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> and I guess the 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 point I'm making here is like the if if these guys on the internet actually like engaged with the. 2023 Barbie movie. I think it's an empowering film for men. I think like the message in the film is not like men are evil. It's like look what a uh unequal society does to a person, you know? And that yeah. that can be applicable to anyone. It's hard to get it because there's a jealousy there as well. Mm-hmm. Um as someone who is not hot. Because like, how how uh, gross I'm are not- men? How gross are men? Yeah. That's Two right. sides of the same coin. Yeah. But something that and something that they often say that I agree with, and I think this Barbie movie um shows that, go woke, go broke. Yeah. yeah. And I think as it crosses the billion dollar mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's been no better illustration of, of mm. how true that uh, adage is. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, AJ, before we mm. get into everyone's favorite section of the show, can we do everyone's least favorite section of the show where <laughs> You let them know what about your podcast? Absolutely. Uh, my podcast is called Cult Popture, and every fortnight we cover a different film franchise. We we like to think that we treat things like Stuart Little and Earbud like other podcasts treat Star Wars and Marvel. So that's me and my buddy Richard. Jess and Dave have been on part of a 28-hour episode, if you want to <laughs> search through the Scooby-Doo episode to find that. Um, yeah, we've been going for about um, seven years now, so we've done, done a lot of stuff, and yeah, it's super fun and, and people should come and check it out if they like. I think they should check it out. Yeah. Mm. I think they'll be in, they're an idiot if they don't. Mm. Uh any any crossovers with old do go on episodes like Back to the Future or Yeah, we've done we did we redid Back to the Future actually quite recently. Um awesome. yeah, so we've done What other Indi- movies Indi- have we done? Indiana Any Brennan Jones. Fraser stuff? 
Indiana oh, yeah. Jones, we've done mm-hmm. the mummy. Actually, yeah. I we did the mummy right before I like made contact with you guys about editing the show. And I've always thought, you know, if I'd reached out a little earlier, we could have had you on the the Brendan oh, Fraser mummy episode. Wow. Oh my God. What could have been? You what reached out been? to me. It was quite a while. Uh we 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 talked for ages before I could mm. convince Dave and Jess that <laughs> you were trustworthy, to be honest. They said we don't trust those Kiwis over yeah. there, yeah. cross the Dutch. Fair Honestly, enough. I was I took a while because I was like, how long does it take me to edit? You know, doesn't mm. take me that long. And now, not editing. Oh man, mm. the freedom, the the weight off my shoulders. And I wonder yeah. if the listeners have noticed it because we used to edit our own reports, and I mm. I always had the fear that we would all edit it differently, so the sound would change every time. So. I, I wonder if they've noticed that it's more consistent now. Or, well, hopefully. Or they've not noticed anything. Or they've noticed the quality of editing has dropped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can I can share that um, you know, for all those all the Dugan listeners, like, you might be pretty jealous of me because I get exclusive uh tailor made podcasts right at the start of all your records where you make fun of me. Um, yeah. No one else yeah. hears that. We don't them. make fun. We don't make fun. I just tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's, uh, That's not making fun of you. That's giving you an instruction. That's yeah. telling you something to do. Uh, with love as well. Yeah, with love. Uh, that's just how we communicate over here. Mm. I know it's all, oh, we're- Topsy-turvy. Topsy-turvy and you're all, oh, I'm polite about everything over there. Makes us sick. Yeah, fair enough. Makes me sick too. I wish everyone was- Everyone needs a little bit I more- I called my mum a- <laughs> the first time I saw her, and that was when I was a baby. See, now I know I'm going to have to bleep that out as the editor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Either Thank bleep you. it or cut it. Thank that you. felt <laughs> awful. That felt horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, going to be thinking about that for ages. Um, so glad I don't have to edit the episodes anymore and rehear any of my nonsense. Anyway, this is our, everyone's favourite section of the show where we get to thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Without these people, this show... I don't want to overstate it, but it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't. Mm. Uh, you can support the show in other ways, of course, telling a friend, uh, giving us a five-star review. But if you want to support it in a way with money, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. There's a bunch of different rewards on different levels. Jess, what are some of those rewards they can get? You can vote on topics. You get early access to tickets to live shows. You um, can be in the Facebook group, which is the friendliest corner of the internet. Yes, we actually mm. just made a, a huge semi-announcement to the Patreons Mm. this week, which, yeah, we're not ready to go public with yet, but if you sign up, you'll see it. Matt Uh and I are in love. (laughs) (laughs) We're finally admitting it. And um, me, yeah, me, just- me replacing Dave on this episode will be a permanent <laughs> change. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to patreon.com slash to go on pod, you can sign up and get involved in all that sort of stuff. You, uh, if you sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level, you have to give us a fact, a quote, or a question in a section of the show we like to call fact, quote, or question, which I think has a jingle goes something like this fact, quote, or question. Ding! <laughs> he wow. always remembers the dong. <laughs> and she always remembers the sing. <laughs> and the way this bit works is people on the Sydney Schomburg level or above get to give us a fact, quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or really whatever they like. It can be anything. And then I read them out on the show for the first time. That's just me making an excuse for stumbling over words. And the first one this week comes from Mac Noble, first time fact, quote, or questioner. And they also get to give themselves a title. And Mac's title is Captain Mac Daddy. Well, which, Love that. Which I've got to tell you, 
I love. love Similar it. to Sugar Daddy Ken. Maybe yeah. maybe Mac has a tiny white dog named Sugar. We don't know. We don't know. We'll or, never know. I refuse or Mac to ask. In this case, probably. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> good better, a better name for a dog too. Yeah, Captain mm. Mac. Oh, yeah. what a great name for a dog. Just Mac, but Sugar? No. No, I don't like Sugar. I'm not yelling Sugar in the park. <laughs> sugar. No. Uh, if you want to get that. Barbie physique, you want to be cutting out all sugar <laughs> and food from your diet. Um, and ribs. Which I don't recommend, <laughs> no. I should say. Don't recommend it at all. Thank you. I don't want, I don't want anyone coming at me like they did Mattel, yeah. which obviously I'm, I'm a big part of that name <laughs> in a way. Um, anyway, Captain Mac Daddy's got a fact. And the fact is sitting under the stars with a good fire listening to you guys is one of the loveliest things in the world. Oh. Holy shit. I reckon that is a fact. I reckon that's an opinion, guys. I'm so sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> an opinion no. I agree with, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm reading here. Yeah. It is a fact. It's, fact. <laughs> there is, it's fact not here. fact, quote, opinion. <laughs> no, that's not an option. That's not an option. <laughs> that's the only one that's not an option. Don't share your dog shit opinion no. with us. But facts like this. <laughs> mm. Go nuts. We well, appreciate that, Captain Mac Daddy. It is funny when occasionally one will come through that is a sincere compliment. Yeah. It's always halfway between uncomfortable and it's the, uh, lovely. Yeah. It's the Australasian way, right? Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. same with both both of our nations, I think, is we, we're a lot less comfortable with uh, praise than the Americas. Yes. It's something we should get better at because it's mm. nice. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you so much, Captain Mac. But also it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> the next one here comes from David Loring, aka FIFO Live Show Supporter. We met David uh, after your yes. show- at the comedy festival. Yep. He flew in from Tasmania just for the show just and then flew back yep. straight back. Because he'd come over and seen your shows, but um, my show was in the second half of the festival and he felt bad for not coming to see my show. So he flew up from Tassie, wow. landed a, a couple of hours before my show, came to the show, flew home really early the next morning. What a legend. Mm. Uh, thanks so much. David Loring, who's also got a fact, writing, Hey, mates, hope you're all well. Uh, I'm well. Jess. Yeah, I'm pretty good. Thank you. I'm hey, pretty, I'm a little bit cold uh, and okay. I'm a bit hungry. Yeah, it is lunch. Well, it's lunchtime for us, which means it's like afternoon tea time for you. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favourite New Zealandisms is what you call, I think our word for it is probably problematic these days, but in America, I think they call them an ice cooler. Here we call them eskies. Oh, yeah. But what do you call them? Chili bins. Oh, chili Love bins. Chili so bins. good. So, I think we should we should adopt that. I, re- I agree. We take everything from New Zealand anyway, yeah. so we <laughs> might as well. Pavlova. Yeah. We might- Russell Sam Crowe. <laughs> Sam Neill. <laughs> we might as well take chili bin as well. I mean, yeah. the human ones, they come to us. We didn't take them. <laughs> That's right. They chose us. Yeah. <laughs> but the chili bin we'll take. <laughs> the chili bin is ours. Uh, so, anyway, what are we talking about? David Loring writes, hey, mates, hope you're all well. Let's take a moment to consider the humble flamingo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's appropriate. A famously pink animal. Yeah. The Barbie most- of birds. <laughs> it is the Barbie of birds. I And they have side eyes, like mm. the original Barbies. Just like the original Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people consider them to be a sort of goofy-looking bird, what with their one-leg standing ways and association with tacky lawn ornaments. Mm-hmm. Fact within a fact. There are more plastic flamingo decorations in the world than there are real flamingos. <laughs> that is a- 
Grim fact. Uh, but I've recently <laughs> learned that they're actually a pretty badass animal. There's a number of reasons for their badassery. Mm. Uh, they can reach speeds of 60 k's an hour in flight and can travel between five and 600 kilometers a night between different habitats or more. Holy shit. Whoa. Uh, but chief among them for me is that not only are they capable of drinking salt water due to having an inbuilt filtration system, but they can also dunk their whole head into these salt lakes when the water is nearly at boiling temperature. <laughs> and given the way I will moan about getting a cup of coffee that's slightly too hot and tastes burnt as a result, I feel I now have a greater ambition to aspire to. Dunking your whole head into I the wouldn't, David, hot I coffee. David, I wouldn't do that though. No, but but oh. Jess, consider the flamingo. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me to take a moment to consider the flamingo. <laughs> that does change everything. Yeah, it does. Now that I've considered the flamingo, I'm going to go dunk my head in a too hot coffee. Yeah. Maybe a salty coffee. A salty coffee. Yes. They're great facts, David. I didn't. I love flamingos. The the bar at Meredith Music Festival, my favourite place in the world. Is called the pink flamingo. So mm. I've got a, I've just got a really happy association when I hear the word flamingo. Flamingo, but it's even better than I realised. Yeah, I had not thought about them that much, and now I feel silly for that because they seem pretty sick. And I also love because the fact that people will normally give with flamingos is they're actually not pink. It's based on the fungi they eat or something. Probably not fungi. <laughs> what? It's well, based. But I then think they are pink, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So I think they they're naturally white, but they right, what right. what they drink or eat. Makes their feathers pink. Right. That's something like Sick. that. Well, because the little baby ones are like grey. Oh, yeah. there you go. All right. Thank you very much, David. I hope that is the fact that I had tacked on at the end isn't a dog shit opinion. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not allowed. They're not allowed. Oh, next one comes from Justin McCain or Mr. Justin McCain. A plays a silly game. <laughs> That's a, a children's song from the 90s in Australia, AJ. Would oh, make no, no, sense no, no. Can I tell a story about that song? <laughs> yes, you may. Uh, so we have it here as well. Uh, and I remember being like six years old and we had a class assignment to write like a lyric for Mr. Clickety Kane. So if people if people haven't heard it, we basically had to be like, do something with something. So it's like, it's like uh, what's it in the actual song? It's like, uh, brush, brush your teeth, teeth with, with, orange with orange juice. juice. So do something with something. And I was trying to think of mine. And I remember looking up at the like fluorescent lights in my classroom and thinking like, imagine if someone painted lights like just put paint on lights. And so it got to me and I was like, paint the lights. And they were like, okay, that's not enough syllables. What what are you painting it with? And I said, well, the paintbrush. And so my my contribution to the song was paint the lights with a paintbrush. <laughs> a very literal child. <laughs> How did I grow up to be this creative? <laughs> paint the lights with a paintbrush. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Justin McCain, Mr. Justin McCain, a.k.a. comically stressed new dad of the podcast. Oh, wow. And oh, congratulations on your new stress, Justin McCain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should, if I don't know where you're from, I can't remember, but if you should really play Mr. Clickety Kane to your kids yeah. mm. and change the lyrics mm. as, uh, you know, really clever creative people like AJ do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just buy things in the room. <laughs> uh, Justin McCain is offering a brag. Slash question writing. Hopefully by the time you read this, my wonderful wife will have brought our brand new baby into the world. My question for you all is what is your favorite childhood item? Oh. And uh, Justin 
as I always request, has answered his own question writing. Mine is the, is the sheep blanket I got the day I was born. Oh, that's cute. Whoa. Um, I have a couple, probably. One is uh, Dolly. I was very creative with naming toys. Ah, oh, mine was Teddy, yep. a bear. Yep. Oh, everyone had a Teddy. I had a big Ted. It was accidentally put in the bin when I was a fully grown adult. Oh, my <laughs> and you God. Cried. Um, I'd, I'd travelled around with uh, with it to multiple share houses just in a in store, like in a box. Mm. And I think by like my eighth share house, someone accidentally chucked it. It was in a pile of junk. Wow. Somehow. That's genuinely so heartbreaking. I know. Yeah, it's so really funny. Sad. I'm like, I've carried it around for like decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teddy, no. Teddy, no. Teddy, no. Teddy's off on an adventure now. Yeah. Mm. That's a fully my, I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Burns later in later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dolly yeah. was a doll that uh, my grandma gave me that wore this like pretty ugly, lacy, frilly white dress and like a bonnet mm. and I, she gave it to me when I was maybe one, instantly took all her clothes off and then, <laughs> and then just carried Dolly around by the foot <laughs> forever. Yeah. She had like a soft body but like plastic arms oh, and legs, yeah, one yeah. of those dolls. Classic. I fucking love Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. <laughs> Where's Dolly's, Dolly now? Dolly's probably still at my parents' place somewhere mm. in a box mm. with all the Barbies probably. Mm. What do you have, AJ? Well, part of the perks of living in an attic is I'd like to introduce you guys to Huddles. Huddles! My little uh, soft toy rabbit that I got given when I was four years old. Huddles has got ears for days. (laughs) Huddles has fallen down the back of computer desks in every flat that I've lived in and stayed there for the entire tenure, like living at that flat. But he's still with me, 30 years old, and I've still got Huddles by my side. Huddles. Beautiful. Huddles, I'm so glad you had it there. Huddles looks well loved. Oh, yeah. He's got Um, got like a bullet hole in the back of his head. You'll that's, have to, that's his ass. Have yeah. to take a photo with you and Huddles for the Patreon. Group. Yeah, Facebook absolutely, group. absolutely. And I also reckon we, you've got to get us a, a screenshot of you on the news as the Barbie expert. Does it have that in the title? <laughs> it says Barbie fan. Oh, oh, I think that they could have bumped that up. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, thank you so much, Justin McCain. Congratulations on the new. Did Justin kid. McCain answer? Oh, did I not? Yeah, yes. Uh, his sheep blanket he got. Oh the yes, day sorry, yes, yes, yes. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking. I had. Do you remember things called glowworms? Yeah, I love this. It was a little sort of rubbery toy. Yeah, yeah. And Dad would hold it up to the light. Oh. Before I went to bed, and then it glowed. Hmm. Does that does that even work scientifically? Well, I mean, that's how like glow in the dark stars and stuff work. Yeah, right. Hmm. So, and then I just having it just sort of be this little little glowing glowing toy. That's cute. Yeah, yes. that was sick. Yeah. Oh man. Feeling nostalgic. Thank you, Justin. And finally this week, we've got one from Stephen Edmonds, uh, whose title is, Sorry, No Recipe This Time. Okay. Well, I'm mad at you, Stephen. (laughs) But still has titled the entry Recipe. So let's see what this says. Uh, Stephen writes, although it will soon be two years since the Stupid Old Studios has got a move, please help if you can, no pressure telethon. Uh, there is part of it that I still think about at least once a month. During Reese's Jaffle segment in the stream recording on YouTube, it's about three hours, three minutes and 50 seconds, there is a reveal from Andy Matthews, some sort of scientist, of Jaffles with cheese and grated carrot. Then the reaction from Reese and Beck was fantastic. I remember that. He, um, mm. Everyone was talking about the ones he, what, what you, you go to Jaffles and people talking about beans and cheese and tomato yeah. and ham and stuff. Mm. And Andy, just like it's another one of the classic options, was talking about 
cheese and grated carrot. And Reese and Beck were disgusted. Um, Des, I still have questions about that. <laughs> Is the cheese also grated? Wouldn't the grated carrot be too wet? Yeah. Anyway, my actual question is, what would you have in a jaffle? Uh, and Stephen writes, if I'm making a jaffle, it is to use up leftovers. Last time I made a jaffle, it was with roast chicken, chorizo, and cheese. Oh, that's a gourmet yeah, wow. jaffle. Yeah, yeah. You're hitting nostalgia for me as well because our um, canteen at school did spaghetti jaffles. Mm. You're right, yes. Like that's a, tinned that's a spaghetti. Like, essentially, it's the same as, like, baked beans, except it's, like, <laughs> overcooked pasta yeah, instead. Yeah. But they would sell out really quickly. But the photography studio was right next to the canteen. So whenever I had photography, I'd go and like stock up and then pass them out to my friends. It was the best. Nice. So that's my go-to. I was just wondering if Jaffel was is an international thing. Apparently, it's an Australian term. Yeah, it's, I was uh, about to chime in and be like, what's a Jaffel? <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's basically a toasted t- cheese sandwich. Right. But the edges are sealed. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, it can't, it's named- uh, from its creator, Dr. Ernest Smithers from Bondi, Bondi in Sydney, who created and patented the Jaffel iron in the 1950s. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, it's not a toasted sandwich. It's a very specific yeah. subgenre of toasted sandwich where the machine presses it all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my go-to- What would you call that? I'd probably just call that a toasty. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just like a yeah, slightly slight variation on the toast. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd say mushroom, cheese, tomato, or tomato paste. Oh, yep. It's almost like a pizza. Yeah, a little calzone essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. AJ, uh, I'm all about the hot sauces. I'll just do cheese, and then I'll find like an interesting sauce to pair with it. I think. Love that. Yeah, mm. yum. Yeah, yeah. that's Great a good call. one. Great call. And great question. Thank you very much, Stephen. And thank you as well to Mac, David, and Justin. Do I still have a jaffle maker at home? <laughs> Can I get some spaghetti and white bread on the way home? I think the cla- the classic ones you would, I'm assuming, are the ones where you you press it in and it's got a long metal stick and you put it in the fire. I wonder if that was oh. the original. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've never done that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if that was the original, but I've seen those around. Sick. But yeah, there's the the more sort of classic jaffaline yeah. um, slash sandwich press yep. kind of thing. Yeah, mm. something that Breville or someone like that might make. Hundred percent. I've I reckon I've bought one from Kmart for fifteen dollars and then just had an absolute feast. Oh yeah, man! I'm so hungry for jaffles <laughs> right yeah, now. Yeah, I could really go a jaffle. Unfortunately, there is a place that sells jaffles near us, but it's called the Bearded Jaffle, and that grosses Matt out. So we're not allowed to. We're not allowed. No, we just don't order from there. <laughs> Well, it, I, I'm, you can. I just. I haven't. It was amazing. They I've got this. <laughs> yeah, it's something I. Yeah, I've got to talk to someone about. Yeah. But I get caught up in my head, and now I just can't. If a word grosses me out, attached to the food. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Don't need. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the clock in my therapy session right now. But um, <laughs> the next thing we like to do is shout out to a few of our other fantastic Patreon supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a game here. Yeah, obviously we have to like name their Barbie. Their Barbie, well, fantastic. I, was, I do have every Barbie from the different years in front of me i could like we don't have their birthdays do we but i could no. like i could like randomly scroll to one and read it read it yes out. would love that yeah. i like that Alrighty. so maybe jess we just go one for one here yeah all right well if i can kick us off i'd love to thank 
from Inverell in New South Wales here in Australia, Anna Parker. Sweet. And Anna Parker can have the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Barbie released Olympic swimmers with gold medals in 2001. Uh, Were they Team USA? Uh, I think they might have been. (laughs) Well, I think that would be misleading because I think Australia won a few in the pool that year. Okay. That was a good year for us in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not like America to have a bit of bravado. Yeah, okay. Okay. And, and you market, you market towards their <laughs> probably the main audience and market. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Mm. Have Ridiculous. You, have you seen their American soccer team ad? No. It's it just basically like, good luck beating us at the World Cup. Oh. And it goes like two minutes and it's. It would have cost them millions of dollars. Mm. And it's been shit. I only saw it once they got eliminated. (laughs) And then the the rest of the world's going, hmm. (laughs) But I mean, surely all ads pumping you up for a a sports tournament are going to be pretty positive about your chances. It is maybe a little bit too far, but that's probably more backlash than probably deserve. (laughs) Um, I would love to thank from, oh, where's this? 2L in Utah? Yeah. That's exciting. Brian Cunningham. Oh, anything salty there or desert-like? Absolutely. <laughs> I've got in front of me a cooking show, Barbie, where she <laughs> she hosted what? a cooking show in 2008. Um, it's she's You can get the figure and also like uh, a fridge stocked with plastic food and a counter and cooking instruments and even like a clapperboard and a camera. Oh, that's with. good stuff. Yeah. That's that's a because often you'll only get a few um, a few little accessories, so it's nice mm. to get like um, quite a lot there, which is great. Yeah, yeah. That's a picture of two L. Beautiful looks, place. Looks great. <laughs> so so green, but in the desert. Mm. Just a little like looks like a suburb just planted in the desert. Mm. If I could go again, mm. and I'm assuming I can, Please. I'd love to thank from Reston in Virginia, in the United States, Dino. Gottesman. Dina Gottesman. Would you say Gottesman? Yes. We're going to give Dina the Share Barbie doll, which came out in 1970. It is a miniature version of Cher uh, wearing um, sort of like a... Didn't look at this before I said it out loud. What we'd now call maybe like a, a problematic Native American outfit. but Oh, man. <laughs> but it's a collector's item, Dina, and yeah, exactly. it's going to be worth a lot of money. Keep it in the box. <laughs> it's for, it's, it says here that um, the singer wore this for the music video Half Breed. In 1970. So Wow, okay. <laughs> Apparently, I, I'll be a bit more discerning with the next Barbie I pull up. <laughs> I've, just, I've just looked it up and it's, yeah, that, that is controversial, but she would wear like the uh, headdresses and stuff, but it says, mm. just, I mean, I'm not looking into this very much, but it says her mother, Georgia Holt, an aspiring actress and occasional model, is of Cherokee, English and oh, French descent. It's all good then. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a, it's a little less problematic, which is great. <laughs> a relief for Dina. But, yeah, obviously I've not looked into that too much. <laughs> um, swiftly moving on, I would love to think from Indianapolis, Indiana, Azaid. Azaid? Azaid. Azaid. That's a sick name. Azaid. Azaid, I'm going to give the 1962 Red Flare Barbie, which is a Barbie in a voluminous voluminous red coat and matching hat and is said to be inspired by Jackie Kennedy. Wow. 
Jackie Kennedy. That's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love a big red coat. Can I have one too? No, you can't. I know you're dishing these out. Oh, <laughs> no, just only for one Barbie supporters. <laughs> Damn. All right, next one comes from, oh, my God, address unknown. Return to the sender can only assume from somewhere deep within the fortress of the moles, but please, may I thank you. Thank And sh- I'm getting word. Yes, I can. <laughs> Rebecca Cutler. Nice. Rebecca Cutler, I'm going to give the 2021 line of frontline vaccine Barbie dolls um, wow. uh, released during the pandemic, including one model uh, modelled after Sarah Gilbert, a professor of vaccinology at Oxford University, who co-created wow. one of the vaccines. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Imagine having a Barbie modelled after you. That'd be sick. Yeah. That'd be sick if they're listening. If yeah, they're listening that'd be sick. And you do want to fill that gap and have a podcast of Barbie? Mm. Yeah. Podcast or podcast of Barbies. Mm, exactly. I could- would I have to be a Ken? No, they do other characters. I think it's I could about. Be, I could be Blaze number two. I, yeah. I think it's about like, it's not about like whether you're a guy or a girl. It's about like your characterization in life. Yeah. So to answer your question, you are a Ken, Matt. Yes. Yeah, you're a Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Ken. But, but AJ is a Barbie. I'm a Barbie, correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I. I I'm pretty sure you're both having a go at me. <laughs> no, here. not at all. No, it's not. It's not a an insult. It's just. It's just how it is. It's just okay. Ken. He's yeah. a bit dopey though, Ken, isn't he? No, Barbie's the smart one. Ken's the dopey no. one. It depends Ken's had- on the Ken or the Barbie. Exactly. It Ken's- depends on the Ken. Ken's had a million different <laughs> jobs. There's no other accent where those that rhymes, but you made it work. Depends on the Ken. <laughs> okay, I would love to thank from Portland in Oregon. Mm. How would you say this name, Matt? Easy. Issy Hughes. Issy Hughes. Issy Hughes. I'm going to say. Etchy. Etsy. Etsy. Issy. Issy. It's E C Y. E C Y. Etsy is a great name. Issy. No matter what it is. Issy Hughes. I'm going to give the two uh, the 2018 uh, tie-in to the uh, movie A Wrinkle in Time, uh, starring Mindy Kaling, Oprah Winfrey, and Reese Witherspoon, all released mm. as Barbies. So there you go. That c- commemorates Whoa. that movie that we all remember. Yes. All love. <laughs> so, yeah. That. So they do some that. No one has heard of as well, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like President Barbie. <laughs> yeah. The next person I'd love to thank, also address unknown, can only assume from deep within the fortress of the moles, Jingold. 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 I'm going to give the 1983 Barbie Townhouse, which was oh. a, a play set that was sort of your more like yuppie looking uh you know what I, I'd call it like a, a yo pro flat, but I don't think they had the the term yo pro in 1983. <laughs> Love that. Mm. Yeah. What is that? Young professional. Set. Young professional. Yep. It had took me a, took me a few minutes to unpack that. <laughs> it has edited out that thinking time if you don't mind. <laughs> Make it sound like I got it straight away. Yeah. Uh, it included a dining room, an eaten kitchen, living room, and and bedroom. Wow. But no bathroom or toilet. So. Well, Doesn't as we've it. talked about before, they don't have mm. the necessary the bits. bits. Does that make Barbies all gentlemen then? Ah, uh, yes. yes. I think so. All Barbies are gentlemen. Apart from that one who eats dog shit <laughs> yeah, and shit dog shit. The, the only Barbie doll that's not a gentleman is Tanner the Labrador. <laughs> and that's that's reasonable, I think. <laughs> that dog is no gentleman. It's actually a sick dog and eats its own shit. Where are we up to, Bopper? I would like to thank from Leeds. Oh, Leeds, 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 Leeds. Uh, in the UK, Lizard Jackson. Lizard Jackson is getting the. Well, I took a sip of water at the wrong, wrong time, time, man. <laughs> Lizard Jackson, holy fuck. <laughs> lizard Jackson. Frantically searching Jesus for like a lizard themed Barbie. Um, no, There's got to be a crocodile hunter or something like that, right? Control F Lizard. 
Yes, please. Or Croc. Okay. There's got to be. Surely there was a tie-in to Steve Irwin. No, there's no, or at least not on this Insider website in which they're all presented. I can't find one, but I can Google it. I'll Google Lizard Barbie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is not. This is people who have turned like their Barbie dolls into like lizards, like ripped the heads off and things. Okay. There's a Barbie so- lizard queen on Pinterest. Um, from uh, you can buy it on Etsy, and it's a, oh a, yeah, these are scary. A, I don't like a this. bootleg lizard Barbie. <laughs> Bindi Irwin's got a very own Barbie doll. What about that? That's pretty close. Let's do that one. Bind- <laughs> yeah, Bindi Irwin has a Barbie. Mm. According to newidea.com.au, but uh, Bindi Irwin gets a very own Barbie doll. Mm. That's awesome. All right, um, and bringing it home then, Matt. If you want to thank our last. I'd love to thank from Austin, Texas. Stay weird. It's Breezy. (laughs) Breezy. That is. I think Breezy gets it. Breezy gets the whole ethos uh, that (laughs) Austonians like me. I'd stay there for a week. And uh, others share, like Willie Nelson. Mm. (laughs) Staying weird. (laughs) Yep. Breezy. And for Breezy, we're going to give them the 1965 Bangs Barbie. Barbie's bangs are back with a striped jumpsuit. And she's got bangs. (laughs) Hell yeah. Pretty disappointed there's no Willie Nelson Barbie, but uh, (laughs) Bangs Barbie will have to do the job. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much to Breezy, Lizard, Jingold, Eki, Essie, Rebecca, Aziad, Dina, Dinah, Brian, and Anna. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that leaves just the last thing for us to do. Welcome a few people into our Triptage Club. We've got four un- inductees and unductees. Yep. Wow. I'm now I'm starting to talk with the New Zealand accent. <laughs> four in- what do vowels mean anymore? <laughs> unductees. <laughs> I did a gig with Tony Martin last night, and uh, he's a, he's Australia's another um, adopted Kiwi. Mm. And Eddie, I think maybe talking to you and him back to back, I'm going to start slipping into it. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, so the Trip Ditch Club, it is, uh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Yes. Essentially, I zoned out because I was doing something. Anyway. Oh, that's okay because AJ will be able to explain it better than us anyway. Yeah, go on, AJ. Do you want to explain the, the, the Trip, Trip Ditch, Ditch Club? Club is uh, people who have been patrons for three years or more. Is that it? Yeah, He's three years straight. That's right. On the shout out level or above. Yep. And it's an exclusive club. Mm. Uh, you, you, we, uh, it's. I think of it as an airport lounge, mm. um, or like a clubhouse. I think of it like a a nineteen fifties Vegas mm. lounge yeah. cabaret, red velvet. Mm. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. There's a bar. We've got playing. beautiful yeah, yeah. Uh, meal. You can eat. You can. Uh, there's sleeping pods, but beautiful showers, everything you'd possibly need. Mm. It's almost like a Barbie dream house. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, yes! I, I, think, I think I think of it more in the Christchurch equivalent, Christchurch New Zealand equivalent, which is um, a pool bar that closes at 10.30 p.m. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yep, 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 yep. And then there's bunk beds and everybody goes to their bed. Because yeah. um, <laughs> you can't leave once you're in the Triptage Club. Now, True. normally Dave books a band. Yes. I've actually done it this oh, week. Oh, great. That worked out well. Yeah. And I, um, you won't believe it, but- Try me. To come and play their huge hits like Turn Back Time. <gasps> That's the ballad. My Oh My, Dr. Jones. Yeah, that song's a banger. And Barbie Girl, I've bloody booked Aqua. Holy shit. You Can go. you believe it? I got him. Incredible. After Dr. Jones. months. 
Holy shit. I've got them. That is sick. I can't wait to meet them and see them and enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to ask for Dr. Jones to be played on loop. Mm. They're not going to do that. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, calling Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, where are you? You know, you know <laughs> life, life was like for me when that song came out, <laughs> having the surname of Jones. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was good. Awesome. Everyone imagine, thought yeah. I was a doctor. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. It's like when what? Mumbo Number 5 was big and my my name's in there. Oh, of course. Like, oh, here we go. I imagine it was better then than it is now that Alex Jones is also the name of a of a guy yeah. who believes in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. I've I've done as I've sort of tried to become an internet personality. I've had to really uh, curb my real name to be yeah. as least thought about as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got four inductees. Is there anything else we need to do? Oh, you've got you got any food or drink on the go? Well, um, and you won't necessarily get this, um, having not seen the film yet. But I, I, I don't have real food, but I do have decals of food that I've stuck <laughs> to the inside of fridges yeah. and onto plates and stuff. Mm. Right. Um. So they can't eat in the in the film at all. No, they're Barbies. Mm. So. Um. Well, I imagine in the other Barbie movies they can eat. So it wasn't a ridiculous question. Mm. No, they're Barbies. Jesus. Are you okay? <laughs> not right now. Not the way that I'm being treated here. How are you being treated? Well, not with a lot of dignity. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a lot of- You're doing a lot of that yourself. Yes. So, okay. So we need to thank these people. Um, I'm, I'll hype them up. Okay. AJ, you hype me up. Okay. All right. Sounds Here we good. go. Here we go. Here we go. Firstly, welcome in to the Triptych Club from West Lakes in South Australia. It's Sean. Sean, join me on a should a Sean through the park. Yes. So Sean, Dave lost his job already. One in, and that's better than anything he's ever done. It's not bad. Please welcome from Sydney, Australia. It's Nicola Welsh Burke. Nicola. Nicola Welsh Burke. Or Nicola Welsh Burke, if that helps you. Nicola. Yes! <laughs> We're not Welshing on this deal. You're yes. in the club for good. Welcome. Yes. Make yourself Woo-hoo. at home. Next up from location unknown. Can only assume from deep with in the fortress of the moles. It's Anne P. Anne the man. Yes. And I mean that in like the most positive way possible. Yes. You're the man. We yes. love men here. This is a men-loving podcast. And finally, from <sighs> Brown Hill in Victoria, Australia, it's Caitlin Louise. Brown Hill, more like turn that frown hill yes. upside down hill yes. and smile. Smile hill. <laughs> Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> it's a very Aussie trip to the club this week. Welcome yeah. in. Make yourselves at home. Caitlin and Nicola and Sean. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Anything we need to tell people before we go, Boppa? Um, just that we love them, that mm-hmm. they can suggest a topic on uh, on our website. There's also a link in our show notes. Our website is dogonpod.com. You can find us on social media at dogonpod. AJ, where can people find you across social media if they would like to follow you and your podcast? Yes, so we're Cult Pop Show on all the places. You can find us on all the all the places you harvest your podcasts from. Um, <laughs> and if you want to follow me... Personally, I'm on Instagram at AJ and HD, um, and that's my username on TikTok as well. If you do want to follow a very dead account, but you can still watch uh, my previous. You can see virals. its former glory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, AJ, again for, good, for yeah. joining us for doing the report, so we didn't have to. Love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you for editing it, <laughs> and um, 
Uh, Your yeah. TikTok account is kind of like Barbie's cousins. Yeah. It's uh, been taken out the back. <laughs> yeah. And a bullet has been put in. Yeah. Um, I don't, how do we wrap this up? Uh, I think- How does Dave do it? Well, I I think we say uh, we'll see you next week yeah. with another fantastic episode of Do Go On. I know that because we've already recorded it. <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for joining us, AJ. Okay. But until next week, I'll say laters. Bye. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.